Hello, it is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. A big show today, Ty. Huge show today. We actually get some real breakdowns on things that are really happening. And I don't know if you're going to hear the information you're hearing today here anywhere else, to be honest. Probably not. We're not award-winning at all. No. But I feel like we got a good one for you today. Mm -hmm. And if you like this thing by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. You know, boots on the ground out there. And if not, just act like it never happened. You know, you can subscribe, rate, and review if you'd like down there as well. Please do. Only if you like the show. If you don't, please just, you know, for the good of our business, for the good of, you know, the world, let's just keep the negativity quiet and just move along. Two ships passing in the night. Bingo. All right, let's get to it. We'll be ridiculously upfront with you today. There, there ain't a fucking thing. No, no, no. no. I, a couple big things happen. A couple big things happen. A couple big conversations need to be had today. But when you're talking about NFL, nothing really. Uh, you know, Jones came out and said that he talked to Aaron. He thinks it could be right. All right, he said that on Cowherd Show. We'll definitely talk to AJ Hawk about that in the second hour. Now's not the time. And Andrew Brandt, uh, former front office uh, member for the Packers, mm-hmm. actually signed AJ Hawk's contracts with the Packers, signed Aaron Rodgers' first couple contracts with the Packers. Yep. Now he's an agent, and now he's doing media. He'll talk to us about the whole setup uh, there in Green Bay for Aaron, what Aaron could potentially be mad about behind the scenes that he knows about that maybe other people don't. Because because a former front office employee for the Packers has come out and spoke and said, he ain't going back. Oh. What does that person know that Jones doesn't know? And what do, what does anybody know outside of Miles Teller? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Outside of Shailene, Kelly, and Miles Teller and Aaron, does anybody truly know how this thing ends from Aaron's side? Because whenever it's something that's super personal, that could be built up over a long, long time, where there's a lot of potential, you know, you know those lumberjack Olympics? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're you the know, best. Mm-hmm. You know what we're talking about. Yes, I do. Matt Ty Schmidt knows. Mm-hmm. At Boston Connor knows. Uh-huh. The boys in the back, we appreciate you. The Hammer Down boys will also join us. In the in the Lumberjack Games, okay, the Lumberjack Olympics, they go out and they run on this log that's spinning in the water. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, they, and they try to, they try. it's like American Gladiators with the sticks, but instead it's with their feet. They spin it. Then there's, there's another one where they climb a tree so fast and then they skip down the whole thing and uh-huh. they do the, they they move a board up and then there's this thing where you got to like cut like certain you know these lumberjacks they love fucking cutting wood dude. love oh, it, it yeah. is live un- for it it is unbelievable the satisfaction that they have to get from cutting that fucking wood and they do it so good so so good unbelievable but there's a couple times where somebody's not at the level of the other lumberjacks where they're swinging and it's just taking little nicks out of this wood right yeah. there for whatever reason they're not going at the proper angle to potentially cut the end individual strains of the wood that are growing you know you get it right Mm -hmm. this aaron Rodgers packers relationship i fear might have been one of those bad lumberjacks that was just taking hack after hack after hack after and little nicks just got away at the whole thing and then all of a sudden another one comes it's a little bit bigger and then eventually guess what that thing gets a little bit weebly woobly Mm -hmm. up there and then it just falls so who knows who has the answers how do they get back in good graces after years and years of personal mistakes in the eyes of Aaron Rodgers? I'm not 100% sure. I think Andrew Brandt will potentially give us some answers. We'll also be joined by Jet Pass. Okay, the Jet. The Jet, ESPN's MLB insider, uh, reporter. And for us, guy that just comes on and lets us know what the fuck's going on in baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, because baseball's happening as well. Not even a consideration of conversation about them playing sports, unless it's a massive mistake by the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
Happened again. <laughs> Sell the team. Sell the team. It's time. Couple weeks after the obvious massive two out third inning blunder uh, mm-hmm. with the Cubs <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Pirates, yep. where they somehow lost in a uh, pickle game, throw rundown game, whatever you want to call it, oh, yeah. which never happens, by the way. Nobody ever wins that. And they also overthrow themselves somehow into somebody scoring, mm-hmm. and it was uh, just routine two outs. Do that. Here, guy hits a home run, misses the fucking first base. Ooh. Okay, what, you learned that in what, Little League? Mm-hmm. This guy, great baseball player. He's cursed. It's not his fault. Okay, this guy's probably touched first base every single homer he's ever hit since he learned how to swing a goddamn bat. I don't know his name. I don't know where he's from. I don't know his type of player he is. All I know is when he was a Pittsburgh Pirate, what I'll remember is he missed fucking first base whenever he fucking hit a home run and it got canceled and an out immediately. Yep. Hit a home run doesn't even count. Not your fault, dude, from what I've been told. It's just a Pirate's problem. You're cursed. The ownership stinks. The team has to stink. This isn't your fault, dude, but it is another massive embarrassment Mm-hmm. To Pittsburgh sports. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay. Penguins are my team. Enjoyed when the Steelers won because that meant the entire city was happy. Die hard sports fans in Pittsburgh. This nutting guy fucking has come in and just ruined it all when it comes to baseball. What well, was once a very prideful and proud baseball organization yeah. is now a laughing stock. You're fucking hitting homers, getting called out somehow. You're defying baseball, okay? You're just defying baseball. Two outs, not even stepping on a pad. You're losing. I mean, it's just sell the team, dude. Fans don't deserve it. Fans don't deserve it. Pittsburgh doesn't deserve it. Stadium. Hey, the sport doesn't deserve it. No. Well said. The sport, the stadium, definitely. PNC Park. It's unbelievable. Beautiful park. Never going to see it, though. Hey, that's a good yard. Yeah. Yeah. Good yard. You know, they had a pretty good run there where they were actually on primetime, and everybody was like, man, Pittsburgh is just the... Is this a baseball city? It's like, no, no, we're hockey time, okay? And we got a bunch well. of Super Bowls over there. But but we are not a baseball city because that team did so well, sold out the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. They got rid of every player. Yeah. Get them out of here. We can't be good. Let's make some money. Me. What are we doing? Let's excuse me. Let's not pay anybody. This guy misses first base on a home run. Okay, don't even know his name. Uh, Hayes, maybe? Corey Graves, maybe. Yeah, okay. Could have been. I'm not, who, I'm not who he is. Okay, I don't watch baseball, obviously, but I do know it's the Pirates, so obviously this isn't this guy's fault. It's just the the ownership that's running from top down. A lot of people tweeting me after I say sell the team after the blunder with the two outs thing, and they go, is that the ownership's fault? It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It is. Yeah. Is it is it ownership fault that this player, who's probably never done this in his life since Little League, that he did it? It is ownership's fault yeah. because it just so happens to happen and happen and happen and happen over again. Get Jason Kendall in there, have him own the team, run go. the team, coach the team, and maybe even play catcher. Let's get that pop time back in the fucking Buckle yes. uniform and let's turn that into a baseball town possibly. Or, you know what? Sell the team, get Mark Cuban in there, let's fucking make it a dosy dough here. Yeah, I mean, like go. you said, the. This shit's only happening to them, it seems like. You know, I mean, you. That's you talk, a professional level. Yeah, exactly. You talk about a laughing stock and everything, and it's like, okay, it just, it seems like it's almost bi weekly where something's happening. It's like, oh, God, look what's going on with the Pirates again. It, I mean, the fans don't deserve it because it seems like anytime they do show, I mean, people do come to the game still because it is a beautiful park. Yeah. Gorgeous. But it's just, you know, they don't have a lot to, to cheer for, unfortunately. Well, they haven't for a while. Well, you got the Zambelli fireworks that are going to go off. Ooh. Okay. Stop going. Huh? There's one solution, and people have known it for years, but they won't just stop going to the park. Yeah, but they Zambelli fireworks coming I know, off. It's tough. Oh, hey, I know, listen, this they Italian, this fucking Italian family, 
And I think, I don't even know where they're from, but they do these fireworks, dude. Listen, win or lose, they say. Top tier. We're going to put on a show. Sam Bellies are coming out. Whatever town you go to for 4th of July where you see fireworks or New Year's Eve, you see fireworks, whatever it is. That's every fucking game down here for PNC because the Nutting family might have an inside discount code with the Zambella. Uh, I don't know how they have so much goddamn TNT to blow up, but that's how the Italians operate. It is a spec. I mean, it is a. And you're getting to see the park and the view of the city. Right on the river there. That I mean, we there's legendary people selling popcorn in those stadiums that have been doing it for generations. And I think Pittsburgh, you know, it's like a night out. Like, hey, let's go down and see a Buccos. They're going to lose. They win. We're happy, though. It's awesome. Yeah. They're going to lose, though. So just get ready for fireworks at the end of this whole thing. They, You're right. People need to stop going. We also need people from outside of Pittsburgh to stop buying the Pirates hats. Okay. That's yeah, going to be great hat. It's great hat. But we all need to just buy in for the good of fucking baseball and baseball hats. Okay. And for the future of those P hats that everybody likes to wear. And we just need them to somehow... Just completely bomb, not make any money, and want to sell the team because I believe the Nutting family just just makes so much money off of that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I think it's the hats. Got to be a lot of fucking hats. A I lot guess. of hats. I ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Probably the Hemini. That's yep. lemonade. Yep. And all the. I think he's dead. By the way. Yeah, no. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to him. <laughs> what? No. That guy was at Three Rivers back in the day selling Hemini. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then Pete. I mean, that guy. He's. That guy has seen four stadiums, I think, in, in Pittsburgh. Rest Legit. I, I think that guy, and he was, you could always hear him echoing through the goddamn, because he would always find the time, too. He knew when the show was on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He knew. Him and he, and he gives a team to what, his family. What is he selling? <laughs> lemonade. That was lemonade. <laughs> okay. That was lemonade, yeah. What the fuck? What do you think it was, dude? You yeah, fucking stooge. Oh, say, well, say it one more time. Could, could be anything that they sell in the baseball park, which is whatever that was. Hey, You've never could, been to a baseball game. He never. could project this, dude. He could he could project this thing too. I'm telling you. Yeah, bro. Yeah, he had a couple different. He wow, had he had some octaves. Oh, yeah. I think him and me made him famous. Okay. But then he came in with the peanuts at one point. I think he was selling beer, obviously. Ice cold. You know, yeah. the whole, oh, yeah. you know, there that you whole go. thing. I mean, hot he, dogs for sure at some oh, point. I mm-hmm. would assume mm-hmm. dogs somehow. Hot dogs, eh? Yeah. Hot dogs. That's, that's, see, maybe, maybe that's down there in the Bronx. That ain't our him and me. <laughs> I know. I'm just seeing uh, yeah. that common hot dog call. Anyways, we'll talk to Jet, <laughs> Jet Passing. Yeah. People need to stop buying him and it <laughs> at that PNC park. Yeah. All right? Don't buy it. Don't buy the peanuts. Don't buy the beer. Don't buy the fucking hat. All right. No ice cream. Huh? Does he have a statue? Who? Nutty? Yeah. No. The fucking him and Ed. Him and Ed guy. Uh, in our hearts, dude. In our hearts. Hell yeah. The okay. people that, stands forever. The people that would have to okay yeah. the building of said statue. Yeah. They would have to know he exists. They're in their suites, you know. Yeah. They're in their right. suites. They're they, they don't hear this legend who's trekking it through the Pittsburgh humidity every single game to deliver the goods at a massively inflated price. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they spiked those. Oh, oh, and he knew it, too. Like, he even, it was a little. Sorry. Hey. So if we buy a team, we build that statue first day. If we, if we buy the Pirates? Yeah. Okay, see? Come on. If that guy's going to own the Pirates for that long, we're in trouble. I don't know if we're going to be able to buy a team for some time at this point. Okay. Now, if a uh, human, <laughs> Mark Cuban comes in there and wants yeah. to buy that thing, let's do it. You know, I'm 100%. In. Anyways, Jet Passon will join us, not yeah. just to talk about how bad the Pirates are and everything like that. Uh, there's a massive scandal going on. Uh-huh. And once again, this takes us back in time to when we all agreed that baseball, the sport, eh, all right, 
Yeah. Not all of us. I guess Ty loves it. There's a couple of people that love baseball. More in our office than in the actual society of ratio of people, I think. In our office, Probably. people enjoy baseball versus the world. But for me, what I had been you know, not noticing, baseball drama <laughs> is awesome. Incredible. Hey, it's real. So much so that some of the best baseball drama has ended up in like front of the Supreme Court. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the shit that's happening behind the scenes. And I think it's all because of the unwritten rule line that can just get thrown and moved however they want. Somebody's offended about an unwritten rule. Okay, we got to change that. But then people like an unwritten rule. So then they just go ahead and abuse the shit out of it. It seems like baseball is a sport that has no governor on anything. They, they will abuse something almost until it's inevitably going to get caught and ruined. It happened whenever they were all eating steroids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now everybody said, like, it wasn't as many people eating steroids as everybody thinks. Okay, well, I'm not in a baseball world. If you ask me or maybe anybody in my position, what was baseball ba uh, like back whenever it was really good? Sammy Sosa and, and McGuire and everything? I mean, oh, they're eating all the fucking steroids they got. I mean, that's what they were doing. You had barbarians walking into the batter's box, but they were also hitting against pitchers oh yeah that were juicing as well so i mean it was a it was a video game like uh almost like the show but amplifying everybody up to what their video game number is every single night because they were all able to recover so quickly and all that stuff and that ends up at the supreme court and but i think that was like the i think like testosterone boosting and stuff was like an unwritten rule and then obviously baseball, especially if there's money on the line in a living to be made or a bigger contract to be seen, everybody's going to abuse it so much so that it gets all the way to the fucking Supreme Court. Right. Called the steroid era. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And now it feels like we're potentially entering because of how good the pitching has been that we're entering into the unwritten rule world of like, oh, yeah, pitchers all use sticky stuff in either on their hat or anything like that. I guess there's a specific name for it that is now getting leaked. But I think this is something that has always been happening. Pitchers have always been doing it. This year, though, the pitchers have gotten too good. Mm -hmm. They've they've that means they've probably either used it too much. They've maybe all like kind of overdone the unwritten rule. So now it's coming to the light. Now everybody's going to have to answer. It's going to get banned probably. And then there's going to have to be some new unwritten rule that is going to get abused somehow. Yep. And then another thing's going to change. It feels like baseball is just such a fascinating community, fascinating culture with their own codes over there. And then it gets exposed. The pitching, knowing the signal stealing. Yeah. That whole thing gets abused. Why? Jet passing told us this didn't happen, but the rumors were they were putting wires on yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Jet passing told us that allegedly that did not happen. But I'm just saying, it feels like that unwritten rule of signal stealing that everybody did got abused so much so it became a national story. Okay, we have to change it. That's baseball, baby. I feel like that's what baseball is, and right yes. now it's the sticky stuff on the pitching thing, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's been like over the last few years, you know, guys are just striking out a lot more team batting averages are going down and it comes off you know i mean we had tucker barnhart on the show a, a couple years ago and we were talking about the juice baseballs like they got rid of those so it's even that was before it was reported that there was juice baseballs i think we broke news actually and we did not get credit for, for sure it. because that was during the regular season and then i believe it came out in the playoffs or around the all-star break that they're like yeah the baseballs are juice they're not doing that anymore so but like you said i mean you know i mean they're talking about like these top tier guys if they're doing it you can assume everyone's doing it and when they let everyone do it 
eventually some pe- people who aren't those top tier guys are going to be like, all right, well, how can I get into that top tier? You know, I'm already kind of doing this thing and I'm not supposed to. You might as well find new ways to kind of push it until I eventually you get caught. And they put there's like I'm learning a lot about what pitchers would do to baseballs. And I understand it because in kicking, you want the ball to be beat up. Now, uh, the NFL made a role. And once again, we kind of, I guess, kickers and punters, we we took it too far. So there was like, <laughs> you know, the there, there used to be all the balls were the same and the kickers and punters could beat up the balls that they wanted to be used on fourth downs or whatever. And it was normally just like the teams had them, whatever. And then allegedly, I think it was Berger, maybe Mitch. I don't know if it was Mitch. And if it wasn't Mitch, I apologize for saying it was you. But somebody developed a great tactic to get these balls incredibly beat up as quick as possible. I guess he was putting them in like a dryer or something like that. Then they were doing something else, putting something. And these balls were blowing up like a beach ball, like a fucking Aussie rules football almost. Like they were getting... They're getting like rounded. Like fat. They're getting like real fat because that's what you're trying to beat up the ball. So like this ball here, okay, this is, I mean, obviously it's one of only a few, but you can see pretty easily how there's like a diamond shape to it, right? Mm-hmm. You can yeah. see like there's a diamond there. You can clearly see that whole thing. So the to beat it up, you're trying to get this thing as round as possible, right? You're trying to get the leather as non-plasticky as possible. Now, this is plastic paint, but I'm just saying on a regular football, you understand? So you're trying to you're trying to beat it up as much as possible. They figured somehow where they put it in a sauna, then they put it in a dryer, then it was in a steam room. It was, like there was this, there was this, you know, people were beating it up for a little bit, throwing it off the ground, throwing it off the wall. Then guys were like, oh, we'll get it in a steam room, we'll put it in the dryer. Like it was getting ridiculous, I think. Like there was an unwritten rule, like, hey, you can beat up these balls but then it got too far ball ends up in a playoff game one of the punting balls ends up on the field because it was supposed to be punt maybe they ran the team back on so i forget what it was brett Favre, i think or uh, had to um had to play a down a very important down with this punter ball and i guess pick six or something like that happened he complained about the ball the ball got checked out it was obviously like this big thing so then the k ball rule came into play the next year where they actually had to they had to kick brand new balls fresh out of the box every single game for every kick and that would have been absolutely terrible i assume there's a lot of asterisks next to a lot of stats because that would be that's five to seven yards in some places in denver you know obviously it's a little bit more because it's mile high or whatever but then they say no you can beat it up a little bit now it's like you get 30 minutes to beat up the ball before the game so it's like the the tactics and tricks and you're only allowed like one rub or or one brush in some water that's it so like okay using the back side of the brush now right. we gotta go use this side we gotta sweat a little bit on there and it's like a 30 minute game basically that these equipment managers have to do is this what pitchers have been doing to balls like secretly allegedly there's like razors where yeah. they're like oh, yeah. cutting up balls scuff up like the uh the laces and stuff like that does that still happen the 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 scuffing of balls and stuff like, and I, I mean the, yeah i'd say guys like get it and you'll see pitchers like you know when they grab a ball like you know really like kind of working it a little bit but in baseball it's obviously different too because you can't spend but you know you throw one and it's a foul ball it's like okay that ball's gone so you can't so that's why like having like the substance makes more sense because you just always have it on your hat so you can rub it on there i mean like it, it would take them forever because i don't think they're they get, go through 120 balls a game exactly they're not so getting, what are guys doing guys are putting razors in their glove i mean i feel like, like a little pocket. back pocket maybe you put it in a glove, though. You can just act as if you're yeah. 
messing for around. Sure. around for there. sure. But then they check your shit, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that how this all started, right? Yes. Some team asked for a Yeah, because uh, every once in a while, too, you'll see a guy who will just have like a glob of stuff on his hat that's like very like evident. you're abusing this. Yeah, exactly. So the like, a couple guys I've been tossed out this year, I think, where the, uh, the, you know, the opposing manager says something, the umpire goes out there and he's like, oh, yeah, you got a bunch of shit on your hat. Like, you're gone. So like there, there is like a game and how these guys conceal it and everything. Some guys will put it in like their back pocket, same deal. So, I mean, it, I don't know. They said they're going to try to, like, check this, like, ten times per game. Like, I mean, if you are tr- if you want to keep the game moving and everything. like, Are this, they doing full pat-downs? Yeah, I mean, this is All potentially right, just pat. slowing everything down. Spread them. Open your dip can. Oh, it's in your dip can. What's that? Open it. What is it? Yeah, you found yep. it. Yeah. Shit. All right. Good on you. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Is that what they're going to, like, use? Maybe just, next time. If they catch you, they just kick you out of the game? Are you suspended? Is there a fine? Uh, just... I would guess there will probably be some sort of fine or you Pitchers know, suspension. are not going to be happy about this, right? No, definitely not. That's what they said. You know, like, uh, has, Bauer has been very, like, outspoken. Like, hey, this is bullshit. Like, this is part of the game. It's kind of like a witch hunt. You're coming at, got, you know, him and Garrett Cole, guys who have, like, filthy stuff already. It's, you know, they're they're really, like, going after these guys because it's almost like, hey, you're, you're too good to be doing what you're doing. It's, it's all because... Because, you know, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch any you watch any documentary about any of these drug lords or whatever. If they would have stopped after they got rich, after they did whatever, they would have been able to get away with it forever. Mm-hmm. Good. But instead, uh, I'm going to need more. I need more. I figured it out. I, and then they have houses filled with money and things like that happening. They always get busted because of greed. You know, greed classic is what gets you. I'd assume what the baseball people are saying, and and only the top people get talked about. By the way, A Rod got it, yep. you know, Barry got it, Sammy got it, McGuire got it. They're the people being talked about. Also, uh, old buddy uh, who was a uh, uh, Manny, Manny, yeah, yeah Manny, Manny got talked about. All these, all the greats get talked about, but it's happening underneath them as well. It's almost like a smear campaign for the people up top. But everybody that is uh, trying to ban us is like, hey. You don't need to be doing as much as you're doing. That's kind of what they're trying to do right now, right? I, yeah, I think so, for the most part. Because like you said, I mean, if you're one of those guys who's looking for a new contract and you know that you're not like a Garrett Cole or a, a Bauer, where like, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like this stuff definitely helps my stuff get nastier, but I can also throw 100 miles an hour. Like, if you're not one of those guys, why wouldn't you want to do something to, you know, make your stuff harder to hit? And Bauer also uses it, though, right? You assume? Is that what we're assuming? I'd assume all of these guys are using it in some or have before maybe not every single time they pitch but like in one way or the another have have done something to doctor the ball up all right we'll talk more about that in like 35 minutes with uh jet passing to be honest did not expect to spend that much time on baseball this week you, know? <laughs> you know what i mean Easy baseball, fix. baseball stinks but the drama oh. around it is awesome yeah the drama around baseball is incredible because there's all these unwritten rules you know what i mean <laughs> We have some big news for you. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Roman's non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health. Aaron, you're about to get back in the game, by the way. Let's go. Should send him some. We should. Or just send them to Walmart because it's available there. Roman and Walmart. Mm -hmm. Everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important and taking care of it should be simple. Now you can add to cart in real life. Roman now available at Walmart. We're in your area. Let's go take care of it. And also, special Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe 
is sexy. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too because there's no passed along desensitization if you use it as intended. Longer, better sex with Roman swipes. Roman condoms keep you safe. And also, they got testosterone supplements. They got hair supplements. Roman has everything to make you the best you possible. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men, healthcare, products, all clinically tested and make you best you possible. There's a lot of unwritten rules in business, too, isn't there? Oh, True. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. how you deal with humans and interactions and how everything goes. And then that ultimately leads to decisions being made by people with personal feelings and vendettas and maybe, you know, a deeper relationship issue than you could ever imagine. And I think we're seeing that right now, right? Aren't we? 100%. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who signed the first contract for the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Joining us now is a man who hosts a lot of things. He's an author. Uh, he's a host of the Business of Sports Pod. He is a triathlete, by the way. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he works at. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. he worked at a tennis agency at the beginning of this whole thing. We can get to that. But ladies and gentlemen, big brain having man, Andrew Brand. Yeah! Andrew! How are you, Bob? I'm good. It's great to be back with you. It's been a while. Always enjoy being with you guys. Andrew, I want to let you know, we have missed your big brain. Uh, We have missed your insight. And uh, we are so thankful you had time to speak to us. You got to go the other way. Yep. We are so thankful you took time to speak to us today. Know you're very busy. But man, there's something pretty big that you're involved with, basically. Your name can potentially be associated with with this Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers thing. Let me say a couple things real quick that actually contradict each other and then kind of get your take. Jones told us, uh, Jones told Colin Cowherd yesterday, wide receiver, he said... um, he said he he has talked to Aaron. He thinks he can make this right. Okay, I've talked to Aaron. He told me it's not about the GM. He's willing to go in there and make things right or make this thing right. Okay, that's awesome. Then we hear a previous uh, front office employee for the Packers. He says to, I think, go pro, uh, go long, uh, says Ty Dunn, Tyler Dunn. Here's how one former Packers front office member put it. He's not going back there. Unless they make serious changes to the front office, I doubt he's going back. That dude is not going back, I'm telling you, says former Packers front office member. Who knows if that is somebody that's an assistant? Who knows if that's somebody of importance? But what, there's contradicting reports coming out everywhere, Andrew. With the experience that you've had with the Packers and with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think this whole thing is? How do you think this plays out? And how did we get here, you think? Yeah, Pat, I mean, let's start with my deja vu. We talked about this before. 15 years ago, we draft Aaron. Everybody hates it. We have boos all over. The media gives us Fs, and we have to deal with it. So I'm dealing for three years, Pat, three years where Brett's camp is calling every week saying, you know, you know what it's like to come into work every day and sit with your replacement? That sucks. And then I'm dealing with Aaron's camp and they're like, is he ever going to play? I mean, is he ever going to play? Then Brett's never going to retire. Is he ever going to play? And you just try to manage it and you be professional and tactful and try to understand both sides, but you don't have answers. But when the Packers took love a year ago, I said to you and everyone, This is going to require a lot of care and attention, of compassion, of empathy. And I don't know if the Packers have that in them, and that's been a problem. Because you have to manage Aaron, and you have to manage love. 
It's not just saying, oh, yeah, we're going to move in love whenever and we're going to be fine. Well, Aaron's like, that's not so cool. I think he was a good soldier on your program and others for a year. You know, he didn't make a big deal about love. But now he's like, well, wait a minute. You know, you want me to play MVP level. You want me to take you to a Super Bowl. And then you're going to move on to this kid. So I'm the MVP of the league. And I'm a freaking placeholder. That's no fun. And so Aaron's probably thinking like, well, let's just do this now. You know, instead of you moving on to love next year, let's just do it now. And the Packers are like, no, 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 we don't want to do this now because the kid's not ready, at least for a year. So we want you, Aaron, to sort of be a placeholder, be a seat warmer, and by the way, be the MVP of the league, and then we'll figure out next year. And I understand it. And I understand it from the Packers side where I sat in that seat for 10 years, and I'm thinking... I don't want to tell them when we're moving on because as an organization, you're like, you want flexibility and you don't want to say something you can't take back and you want to tell Aaron, oh yeah, we'll trade you in 2021. No, you want flexibility. So I get it. Here's my last point, Pat, and then I'll ask your questions. This is a problem that I did not fully appreciate the chasm between the front office and Aaron. Something has gone on. This is not about Jordan Love and the pick and letting him know during the draft. This is a deep schism between the two sides. Is that a real word? Schism? Schism and chasm. Use whatever you want. (laughs) Those real words, yeah. Those are real. Schism isn't just like some uh, like fodder for a a squabble. Is that a real word? Is schism a real word? I'm going to use it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I stopped you there. Yeah, it's like an LSCT word. It's a good word. Um, a fucking great word. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is a great. I mean that's a lawyer agent in you there. Yeah, I mean right. that is yeah, exactly. that is great Chasm word too. there. You know, I know Aaron. You know Aaron. I know the Packers. I have not talked to Aaron, but I have a good sense of what's going on because he feels like there's no one in that front office that he can trust, and that's a problem. And the biggest problem to me is that everyone asks, what would you do, Andrew? What would you do, Andrew? I'd like, well, I'd get in front of him and his agents, and I'd close the doors and lock the bathrooms, and we'd talk about it. But it sounds like that's been done. It sounds like LaFleur and Murphy and Gutekunst have all been out there sitting with him in L.A., and here we are. Here we are. It's the same place. All right, Andrew. So let me ask you a couple follow-ups here, because I really appreciate your take on that whole thing, and I didn't even think about the potential placeholder mindset where he's like, no, you guys want to move on. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. You know, like that whole thing. I didn't, because the big main story has been, Hey, there's been a bunch of things that have happened over the years. And I think even the Brett Favre situation that you landed right in the middle of it, Aaron has thought back to, and he's like, why are the Packers always do this? Like, why, why is this the way this is? Do you think it's potentially because there is no owner there? Like, do you think that affects things that you've been there, right? You've had to be a part of the negotiation negotiations and decision making for the Packers do you think not having an owner is a problem for instance I think Jim Irsay gets on his Boeing 737 or whatever it is he probably flies out to Hawaii where Miles and all them are he says brother look this is my waterfall come jump off this thing over here like what's like you know what I, I think there's a and now whenever there's no owner 
but there is these people at the top, but these people at the top, and you said you got to manage these relationships, and I'm not saying it's just the general manager, but there's also a lot of other people in the management position there that have kind of bobbled it. Do you think the lack of ownership does affect like this type of situation? And it's not the first time, obviously. There's been other legends who have been on the team who have wanted to stick around for one more year and have been forced out to go somewhere else where I think an owner would have said, no, no, you're a Packer or whatever. So do you think that's a part of this whole thing too? Yeah, I do, Pat. I think I was there 10 years. I know it as well as anyone. Listen, for people who don't know, here's the structure. You have a president and you have an executive committee of a board of directors. All of those people, all of those people defer to football. And don't tell me Murphy's got more power. They all defer to football. We'd have presentations in front of the from president, the exec committee and the board every every few months. And, you know, they're all like, sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, it's like so. The general manager of the Packers, to me, is the most powerful position that's non-ownership in the NFL. Because, like me, like when I did a $10 million contract or a $50 million contract, there's nobody saying, hey, Andrew, that's too much. Or, hey, Andrew, it's like they trusted me. You know, that was my deal. And the problem is when you have that much power... You're going, you know, you're going to have a situation where there's a lack of governors sometimes. So what happens, I think, you know, mm. with Ted Thompson, he's an elite talent evaluator, elite, but he didn't have great communication skills. He left it to me and John Schneider and Reggie McKenzie to deal with that side of it. Now, I don't know what Gutekunst is doing. He's obviously a disciple of Ted. And I don't know how his communication has gone with people like Aaron. But listen, superstars are different. This is the world we live in. You've got to treat them differently. We treated Brett differently, of course. And I just feel like there's some kind of thing going on there where Aaron's just a player, you know. But that has to change. How does, so that June 1, post-June 1 deadline we heard about. Right. We heard about the post June one deadline because it saves a little bit of money. The the only number that I've really thought about is the six point eight million that he would allegedly have to write a check back to Green Bay or six point something million out of a signing bonus that he got a couple years ago that he has not earned. This is the Calvin Johnson situation. This is the uh, Barry Sanders situation. This is a Lions situation that's potentially happening with Aaron and Green Bay if he was to retire. Jim Irsay, if you do recall, actually, Andrew Luck retired 10 days before a season started. He told him to keep the 25. Yeah, just keep the 25 million, dude. Do whatever you got to do here in hopes of maybe, I'd assume, Andrew coming back and still being on good terms. But this $93,000 that Aaron is going to get fined for missing this mandatory minicamp here. It's obviously nothing, but is this the first time he'll have to write a check? How would this work? I don't I don't think I understand because that's more than what you would make during this time. Normally, they just take it out of your check or whatever. Would he have to write the $93,000 fine check? And when would that come? Soon or is that at the end of the year? Well, let me just correct you on a couple of things. The $6.8 million is a roster bonus that he earned in March by being on the roster. They didn't trade him. He's on the roster. The payout on that, and you can blame me because this is the way I started payouts on roster bonuses back in the day at the Packers, is through the season. So he hasn't gotten a dime of that $6.8 million yet. Okay, now, so some, he doesn't now, have to write a check then, right? No, but if the mini camp is up to the Packers. They don't have to fine him $90,000, and my sense is they won't. The one thing that 
is not going to be uh, up to the Packers. If he misses training camp, it's like 50000 a day. And the new CBA, <laughs> thanks, thanks union, they can't even rescind. You know, the, the, the team has to charge 50000 a day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you take it out of whatever money's coming later. Uh, the thing about Calvin Johnson is the retirement thing. If he retires, whatever the prorated bonus for this year, next year, the third year on his contract just to pay back, but that's a grievance, and they have to chase him for the money and all that. Here's the bottom line, Pat. He's got two options, it seems. You know, play or retire, because the Packers aren't trading him. You know, the Packers are not trading him. Wow. They are trading him in 2021, in my, 2022, in my opinion. They are trading him. But they're not trading him in 2021. So he's got decisions to make. Andrew, now, Andrew, Andrew, real quick, Andrew, whenever you hear Bobbert Domofsky say that there's been no change in Aaron's stance, no matter what the time. Now, July 6th, he has a golf match that he is going huge. against mm-hmm. Tom and Phil alongside Bryson Brooksy DeChambeau. And I'm excited to see because Charles Barkley's probably going to be on a call for that. I, he's going to ask like there's going to be oh, yeah. that is going to be something that. Aaron's going to have to speak about it. I assume Aaron knows that. Aaron's probably, by the way, very knowledgeable in this entire situation, both business-wise, personal-wise, will be able to talk and answer any questions that come his way, potentially during this golf match. But with that whole, you're saying he's got two options. Either he's playing for the Packers. You hear Adam Schefter say he's still strong as hell in his stance, he says, yesterday. So it's like, when does that happen? That would have to happen pretty soon. And how... Do you think if you're a team, are you making this guy? Because we all know we had Chuck Pagano on yesterday. Chuck's been around 36 years. He said, I'm dying before I let that guy walk out of my building. I mean, you, you, they don't grow on trees. Jordan Love can be a great, hey, he might be a great player. He might be top 10 player of all time. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Still nowhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers. By the way, he might be the best player of all time. Might be the case. But that team's going to take a massive shot. How does the team get Aaron, you think, to get off of his strong-as-hell stance. What, you said fly out there, sit him down, and do that whole thing. That already happened. Is there any way, you think? And what, what do you think they should do, and how do you think they will handle it? You know, there's two parts to this, Pat. There's personal and financial. Uh, financial, to me, you can work on. You know, the numbers are the numbers. If he wants to get paid more than Mahomes, fine. If he wants future guarantees, fine. You know, the guarantees will travel with a, with a trade anyway. You can give him more money which I've always said from the moment he finished the championship game, I'm like, they got to give him more money. He's the MVP. I don't know what whatever the top player in the NFL makes, he should make that. But the, you'd only get to the money if you figure out the other stuff. Like, if this was just about money, it'd be over, right? This would be done. This is not about money. I, You know, whether Aaron wants somebody fired or whether he wants some, some role in personnel, I don't know. I just want... To, to feel like Aaron feels a trust from the front office. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. But in terms of dates, you know, I don't care about July 6th. I don't care about the start of training camp. I think this the real date is September. You know, who he doesn't need training camp. He's never going to play in a preseason game. That, you know, to me, it's all about September. And what are they going to do to mollify him not financially, oh, like feel more invested in the team. Now, some things I've brought up, Pat. Yep. You could, you know, say, Aaron, you play for us this year. We'll give you a void next year. You become a free agent like Brady. You pick your team. 
Would Aaron do that? I think Aaron would. Would the Packers do that? I don't know. Not getting any trade compensation for Aaron Rodgers? That's going to be tough. Yeah. Or you say, hey, we'll readjust your contract next year to move up big money into a roster bonus in March, so we got to make a decision. You know, we got to trade you in March rather than keep you around, you know, during the offseason and figure it out then. That might be doable, you know, where you say, Aaron, play for us this year and we'll make a decision in March. Peter King said that. Peter King said that. I assume that's potentially getting floated out there right now as a potential olive branch being extended by both sides. We're talking to Andrew Brandt, former executive for the Packers for 10 years. He was the guy who signed Aaron to his first contract while Brett was there. And a wealth of information here on how the Packers operate and also how Aaron potentially operates. Andrew, we appreciate you, man. Ty Schmidt, owner of the Packers, once your boss has a uh, question, Andrew. Andrew, I was seeing a lot of reports this morning. They were talking about that there, there's a way that Rodgers would potentially retire right now and then still come back later to avoid some of these fines or maybe come back during like the third or the fourth week of the season, hold out until then. Do you see that actually happening or do you think we would have some sort of – uh, clarification about what's going on before the season starts. It's going to be yeah, I mean, some, huh? Yeah, Ty, some of these reports are like, yeah, you know, theoretically sure that can happen. Has it ever happened? No. I mean, he would be put on the reserve retired list. He would have to come back. They would have to take him back. They'd probably have to make some cap moves to take him back. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this will be resolved before the season. Uh, and I've also read about the, you know, the Carson Palmer because his agents did the Carson Palmer thing. Oh, you know, I don't see that because here's the problem. You know, this was floated out by Adam Schefter on draft day, I think, with a purpose. Because the maximum leverage on a trade was draft day. Now we're talking about, you know, only one or two teams that could potentially do this. And the, and the draft picks are going to be 2022. And they're not that valuable as if they were 2021. I just don't see a way he goes somewhere else this year. I do see a way he goes somewhere else next year. And, you know, listen, he's got to decide, you know, if he's just going to show up and do what the Packers want him to do, which is hold the fort for another year. I do think they've wanted to move on to love in 2022. The problem is it's 2021. So, Andrew, on that point, do you think that if Aaron's not there, it'll be Bortles no matter what, or will it be kind of like a QB competition? Hey, Blake Bortles is slinging the rock. We're uh -huh. being reported. Matt Schneidman of The Athletics said Blake Bortles is throwing dimes over there in Lambeau, Andrew. No, it'll be Jordan. In my mind, it'll be Jordan. Listen, because I said this on Twitter, got a lot of engagement yesterday. I think the Packers are secretly fine here, you know, with him missing penny camp. Because now you get a chance to, to evaluate Jordan. And when Brett used to stay in Mississippi those off-seasons, we turned the team over for four months to Aaron Rodgers. And we're like, oh, my God, look at this guy. These incredible movement skills, off-the-charts intelligence. We got James Jones and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver coming up to the offices and saying, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Look at this guy. And sure enough, we felt very comfortable turning the keys over to oh. Aaron Rodgers. All right, Brett, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. see, hey, see you later, Brett. Go back to Mississippi, make some Wrangler commercials, pal. We got this California hippie kid that's just really good. Uh, Andrew, we got to get to a break. 
We thank you so much for joining us every time. Your brain is immaculate. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to mollify over some things and then hopefully run into no schisms, you know, because the big deal with Andrew Brain is he gets the job done. Host of the Business of Sports pod, ladies and gentlemen, and a columnist for Sports Illustrated, Andrew Brandt. Thank yeah. you. Joining us now live from his attic, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah. AJ, uh, great to have you. You're the best, obviously. Quick thing here before we get the jet passing. Because there's big baseball news. They're cheating over there, all right? Come on. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But these guys are cheating too much. Everybody's, it's getting too obvious. You're getting too good. Now we got to hammer down on it. That's classic. Can't wait to hear what Jed has to say about that. But Peter Bukowski is tweeting a series of quotes from James Jones, who was on Colin Cowherd's show. James Jones said he talked to Aaron, and, you know, he said it's not about who you're bringing in. Uh, what Rogers wants is a little input on who you're letting out of the building. He goes on to say, when you got guys like Jordy Nelson willing to take a pay cut to play and you're saying, no, get out of here anyways, Jordy Nelson could finish sentences for Aaron Rodgers. Just because this guy can run a little bit faster doesn't mean I'm going to get more success. This is an eminently reasonable request, says Peter Bukowski. Hey, before you cut Jordy Nelson, let's talk about and actually hear my side. Ask me how valuable Julius Peppers is to our locker room before deciding not to bring him back for another year. This should already have been happening. Then Bukowski gives his take on his opinions. Great, we love Bukowski, but you don't know what Jake fucking Kumro potentially means to a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Bukowski, I appreciate your work, but the way he tried to say the Packers could say to him, I don't want to hear about Jake fucking Go- You You should want to hear from the quarterback on the guys he has to work with or what's going on in the building, especially somebody that's been there 16 years. And after what we just heard Andrew Brandt say, AJ, that the GM has the most power in the NFL, basically can do whatever. It's, it's very... You know, it's kind of starting to make a lot more sense now on why and how. And is there any way to fix this with the word you're getting, AJ? Well, first off, it, it depends on where you are and what team you are in the structure to see how much power the GM does have. Like, that's not a, a foolproof black and white plan. Like, hey, the GM here, he answers to nobody. Like, that's not how it is everywhere. They answer to a committee, I was just told, by Andrew Brandt. Yep. They answer to a committee that always will defer to football, I was told. Yeah. So they can do whatever they want. If it's $10 million, eh. If you want to do this... Nah, sure. go do what you got to do. Allegedly, that's what Andrew Brandt said. He might have been in those conversations. He had to pay you huh. 50-some <laughs> yeah. million dollars Good or something Lord. like that. 100-some million dollars, whatever the case. You deserved it. You earned it. But I'm just saying, I didn't know. I thought it was the opposite. Because I thought the owner would be like, yeah, go spend money, go spend money. Allegedly, the committee is like, yeah, do whatever you need to do. Well, this is great. He's ta- you're talking just Green Bay, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. You can see why. Yeah, they don't have an owner, yeah. It's not like that other team. Like that, that's, that was Andrew's experience when he was in Green Bay. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying about Aaron judging the GM for the decisions being made. It's like Aaron knows at this point, like, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. So whenever you do this, is that is that something that's reasonable, you think, and real, what James Jones is saying there? And have you heard anything like that? What James James has said that pretty much before. I've said a lot of what James said before on this show. Like, he's kind of repeating what he has said, but it actually oh, gives me a little oh, oh, Someone's jealous. jealous I mean. of, no, I'm saying of Bukowski. Like, James has said that before on Colin's show. Like, this isn't the first time James has st- talked okay. like that. Maybe it wasn't on Colin's show. Maybe it was on NFL Network. 
Okay, and you would know, by the way, because every piece of information that does get put out about AJ or Aaron, I see AJ get added every single time. Uh-huh. And any piece of information that comes out, we pepper you with questions as well. Uh, we will talk about that again here in a little bit. Just wanted to hear if you had any inside information on Aaron Rodgers. What's that? He's not on. Okay. Oh, Jet. No gasoline. Well, I think Zito has it. I think Zito had a call because we wanted to use that. I wanted to scroll through the thread to kind of maybe, you know, poke AJ a little bit to get some information. So we had to have it on the screen there. And with that computer being used for that now, we weren't able to call Jet Uh So it's actually our fault. We're actually two minutes and six seconds late on the Jet, but it's a private Jet. So we can show up on our own time. Hammer down, boys. How you guys doing? You guys win last night? Are we still winning? Are we still giving away free money or what? Even Steven last night, but that guy hit for 17K. Yeah. What happened? Guy hit for 17000 last night, 11-game parlay, $25 down. Said it was he got into betting because he listened to the show. Oh, really? So you guys are wow. leading people into dream situations. 11-game parlay for $17,000 as COVID is getting completely defeated and the world's opening back up. Hey, go have a summer, pal. Hey, go have a summer out there. Shout out to Hammer Don making dreams come true and lives to be lived. Now, I'm sure there have been nights where people have lost that 11-game parlay that they tried to run alongside. That's gambling, baby. But that is gambling, baby. That's right. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't try to delay as long, but had to. FTJ. Had a thumbs up. What's that? Fuel the jet. Yeah, had had fuel the jet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, and we are three minutes late on this. We apologize. ESPN's MLB insider. He writes for ESPN, and he's author of The Arm. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen on TV, he's Jeff, but here he's Jet. Ladies and gentlemen, the baseball jet you need to fly to information land. Jet pass. How you doing, dude? boys? Hey, that hair is sitting high, dude. Hey, that is good hair today, Jet. That is good hair today, Jet. Do what I can, Patrick. I bring it for you. I need a freaking haircut. It's terrible. You use blow dryer? Like, look at this. This is like... Wow. Is that guy sex symbol or baseball inside? Wow, it's crazy. Um, Jet, the hair looks good, dude. I, I don't. I, I wasn't saying that you need a cut. I thought you were trying to go for that because that is a look. You know, what I mean, that it looks good. Looks wow. damn good. It's, I, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I feel like it looks better in the mirror than it looks on the phone right now. <laughs> it's pretty big. Like it's it, it, it's it's got volume. It's got height. You got some bounce. You use a blow dryer there's, on that there's thing. A lot, there's a lot going on. You there use right a blow dryer now. on that thing. No, no blow dryer at all. Nah, I don't wow. believe, yeah, okay, I don't believe it. I mean, I'm impressed. No, I don't hold on it. a second. Hold on a second. There is there is some bullshit hair slander happening to me all the time. Over at Levitard, Mike Ryan's accusing me of dyeing my hair. Do not dye my hair. Now you're accusing me of using a blow dryer. No, this is a comb and some product. Yeah, that is it. I got respect. I got respect for those guys over there for sure. Mike Ryan, absolutely, the work he's been able to do. But your hair does not look like you dyed it. it, it 
It 10,000% looks like you blow dry the top of that thing. <laughs> if that's natural, by the way, you should be pumped about you. Yeah. You put a blow dryer on that thing, you might stand seven feet tall with Jimmy that Neutron. Thing. Yeah, you might uh-huh. be Jimmy Neutron. You know what I mean? Top tier you know lettuce. Uh, like, I'm looking at I See, it's blending in with, uh, with the light in the ceiling. All right, right fucking here. enough of your hair. Right. It is awesome. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Why, why did we even talk about this? To that's how good it is because it looks like you blow dry. It doesn't look like you dyed it. It does look like you blow dry it. But, anyways, let's get to it. Let's get to cheating. Come on. Yes. Hell yeah. What is this all about? We'll talk about the Pirates needing to sell the team again. That kid's a good player from what I've been told. I don't know. I don't watch, but the Pirates have cursed him. The kid misses first base on a fucking home run. Who does that? (laughs) Children do it. It's the Pirates. This is two first base blunders within three weeks, and it's not our first, and it won't be our last. The Pirates need Nothing needs to get out of there. Now, we'll talk about that, but we can't talk about it now because I want to talk to you about something. These unwritten rules in baseball seem to always exist and then whenever they get abused it leads to restriction we saw it with the steroid era we've seen it with the sign stealing where you reported that the astros didn't use an exoskeleton exoskeleton, but that was the story but everybody said they stole signals they just took it too far now with the pitching it sounds like and i might be wrong here Everybody in the history of baseball, basically, once this became a thing, has been doing this, and it's been taken too far now, and that's why they have to regulate it? Or what's going on with the whole sticky thing? I'm going to go back, just because I want to tell this full story here. We're going to go back to, like, the 1920s. Um, guys Guys have been putting garbage on baseballs for more than a hundred years now. And it started off with spit and and with whatever else they could. And the spitball was outlawed in 1920 and it was last thrown legally by a guy who got grandfathered in in 1934. So baseball has a long and sordid history with foreign substances like this. Flash forward to about 2010 when a company called Trackman, which is a Danish company that uses a radar to, you know, uh, it was originally made for golf. Trackman comes in and it starts tracking the spin on baseballs that are being thrown. And all of a sudden, guys are recognizing if I throw something with more spin, Pat, uh-huh. it's going to be more effective, especially fastballs, sliders, curveballs. And so guys start saying to themselves, okay, how do I throw with more spin? They try and do it naturally. They can't do it. All of a sudden, they start mixing on their, you know, uh, on their bicep. They put a little bit of sunscreen and mix it with rosin. And they got a little tackiness, and they start throwing it with more spin. And then they're like, okay, if I can do that with sunscreen and rosin, what if I go and, you know, melt something inside of a Coke can, like I'm a junkie, and use that stuff? And they start doing that. And so you got, like, home brew going on now. Like, it's getting really real here. (laughs) And then they get past, I mean, they go past the home brew stuff, and they're like, okay, what is the stickiest substance I can find? And they find something called spider tack. And spider tack was made by one of those world's strongest man power lifters out of rosin and polymers and all sorts of things so that when you pick up those 300 pound atlas stones your hands do not lose grip on them hey you gotta put it up on the thing it's not easy and i saw a guy using that thing and i think he was a power lifter he was holding just a brick up with his hand wide open with that spider stuff on it it was there sorry aj this is something i gotta talk about (laughs) was there ever a fear that it'd be too sticky like those spider gloves but spiders 
Cutters. 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 Yeah, cutters. Those cutter gloves. Those things were almost like too sticky at one point. They like banned them, I think, for a little bit. They had to come back whenever. Or I think I'm not 100 sure, but it, is there ever a thought it might be too sticky for that? And then has there ever been a moment where a guy has? Oh, like it, you know what I mean? Like it is maybe oh. the bowling ball has gotten stuck to the finger. You know, has that ever happened? Okay. Yeah. So I, I, you know, talking to pitchers about this. I've talked to a few guys who have used spider tack and they say there's concern that at some point, if they rip off a fastball or a slider too hard, that their skin's going to go with it. Like that's, that's how tacky this stuff is. I fucking love and, baseball, dude. Yeah. And so, I mean, but like cheating and baseball oh are like peanut butter and jelly, man. Like they just <laughs> go together and you always have guys who are looking for an edge. In this, this pat, here's the thing. This was a definitive edge. Because if you look, now, now the whole thing with spin is it's measured in RPMs, revolutions per minute. If you look at the difference between a fastball that spins at about 2200 RPMs versus one that spins at 2400, you start losing 20 points off the batting average. 2600, you lose 40 or 50 points. 2800, we're talking about an almost unhittable fastball at that point. And, and the reason behind that is because, it, you know, this is, this is, I'm going to get a little nerdy here. Please and, do. Uh, yeah. Please as, do. yeah, I mean, come on, if the shoe fits. Um, <laughs> Bingo. That hair. It, it, you guys, Pat, in your baseball career, did you ever see a ball that looked like it was rising? Like a fastball when it was coming to you that it looked like it was almost going up? Now, I, I had all fastballs that were right down the middle and one curveball that I think went from my head all the way to my ankles in a matter <laughs> right. of whatever. They, that's all. I didn't see anything going up, though. Okay, so... What happens with fastballs? When a fastball is thrown, what you're trying to do is to impart as much like pure backspin on it as possible. And the harder you spin it, a fastball is just going toward the plate and falling very slowly, right? Okay. It falls even slower when it has more backspin on it. So it almost looks to the eyes that are trained and calibrated to see this ball going down. It almost looks like it's rising. So if you can throw that four-seam fastball with a ton of spin on it, you're going to have a huge advantage if you can throw it up in the zone. And pitchers recognize this, and they took advantage of it. That's the reason you see so many high fastballs these days. It's because guys are using goo on their hands that allows Ew. them to get those <laughs> higher spin rates, and they're, they're going off and breaking out bangers down in the zone. And, you know, the slider spin rate across baseball has increased by 300 uh, over the last few years. It, I mean, it's it, It's almost like, uh, I'm just trying to think this, imagine taking your leg when you were kicking and punting and adding another 10 yards to either. <sighs> like, Stadiums couldn't afford it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Stadiums couldn't afford it, pal. What do you have, AJ? Sorry about that. Well, Jet, so like, how rampant is the use? And players obviously had to be aware of this. Like, Hitters know that there's probably some pitchers on their team using it, so it's all around the league. Like, is this something that's been known forever and our pitchers pretty open, at least like in the, the clubhouse about it? So, so here's the interesting part. Of it. That's a great question, AJ. Here's the interesting part about it. Hitters up until this year actually had been okay with the idea that pitchers were using this because pitchers had been saying for years, hey, guys, we throw harder than we ever have before. This stuff gives us control. It allows us to keep you safe when you're out there. And hitters were like, all right. Then hitters started hitting 237 across the sport. 
and realize that we suck when guys are throwing, uh, you know, 2,500 RPM fastballs and 3,000 RPM sliders. And it's almost, you know, there are parallels here with the steroid era. And I'm not trying to say that using spider tack is equivalent to shooting Decca into your butt. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's the same thing. you know thing about Decca, there. Jet? Is that what that hair's sitting all about? Is that what you're Yeah, you know, oh. you know buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, what I am saying is steroids started becoming a big deal in baseball when pitchers realized that they were at a disadvantage against these hitters who had turned into monsters. Spin rate and sticky stuff is becoming an issue in baseball when hitters realize that they have nothing to combat what they're going against on the mound right now. Uh, yeah. And so that's that's why we're hearing about it right now. You know, up until this point, the only way to stop this was to have managers say to umpires, hey, whoever's out there doing this is using a foreign substance. The problem is managers were never going to say that, guys. Because their guys were doing the exact same yeah. thing, yeah. And they didn't want to narc on their guys by trying to talk to uh, talk about others. And that seemed to be the case whenever I think this first couple, maybe a month ago, maybe I don't know how many. It, whenever it first got into my timeline, which means it had to have been a a pretty big thing, right. you saw the pitcher actually look at the other person and it was almost like oh you want to start this like th- is that what we're it was almost like the pitchers were very upset that this was now becoming something because it's like we all know that this is how we do right. it how come baseball is filled with so many of these things is it because the sport is so terrible like why why is it that there's all these things that have to happen and then a big explosion how come they can't just you know shake hands and treat this like a gentleman's sport. Please. Hey, if you want to eat DECA, go ahead and do it. We're going to do it too, though. If you want to <laughs> if you want to put uh, deadlifting sticky stuff on your fingers, cool. But then the, when you said is the batters were like, there's nothing we could put on our bats to make them better. So that's what – is there ever going to stop? And what's the next one, you think? Because it's always – sign stealing was one. It's, it's, all, it's always something. I, I, you know, I wish I knew what the next one was. But it's very interesting the way that baseball's cheating scandals go. They always start with something sort of small and innocuous. And, it, for example, in you know the, the sign-stealing case, the Red Sox using an Apple Watch Whoa. to try and relay signs. Whoa, the Astros. Whoa, I'll start with the Yankees. No, no, no. Chris Young. I'm just saying. That's yeah. just, just the, I, like I hate to say it, that's just the truth. It starts there. They don't get disciplined. And when there's we not discipline... For these lesser things, which, by the way, I'm not trying to equate the Red Sox and Astros. They did different things. But when there's not discipline for these lesser things, all of a sudden, teams and players are like, well, okay, if you're not going to crack down on us for that, what's the logical end point here? We're going to take this as far as it possibly can go until you say to us that this is a problem. Baseball players love pushing boundaries. They're like my kid. My kid's like, hey, can I have an Oreo for dessert? I'm like, sure, you can have an Oreo. Mm-hmm. Then he says, can I have two Oreos? And I'm like, no, you dick. You can't have two Oreos. <laughs> I said Jesus. one Oreo. That's what I'm talking Take it about. easy, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's not how you're supposed yeah. to eat. You must be That's from Boston about. or whatever. Gumpy, Gumpy's our uh, baseball gambler here. That first five thing, he has absolutely been raking on. Go ahead, Gumpy. 
Yeah, Jet, how about these hitters start, you know, slapping the ball the other way instead of swinging for the fences, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why don't we hit for average like the old days? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, how about uh, how about you stop sounding like you're 65? <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God! The jet plane just went from the foul line on the Canadian bearded jumping. Whoa! Whoa! Jeez Louise. I don't know where we go. Answer the question, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what players just want to hit two twenty with fifty home runs? Like, yeah, yes. get paid, dude. Hey, 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 hey Gump, I'm I'm super excited that you love singles. Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what's going on? He, 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 he fucking took a. I mean, he did a fool. Oh my God! Oh my God! He's on. He's on one of those. You know those hoops that you can drop down to seven and a half, eight yeah. feet uh-huh. in the driveway. Then Gump's just standing. It's even like a, it's like a slam boss. It might even be a trampoline. Yeah. And Gump's just standing there, just it's like charge, it's a charge. Yes. This is tough, dude. Hey, right now, I want to let you know, Rex Chapman's just blocker charging your ass. Everything that comes out of your mouth with old fucking Jet dunking on. Thank you, Jet. We want to see home runs, too. Go ahead, Todd. Jet, if this is the case, though, with everyone no. cheating, then why do uh, guys like Garrett Cole and, and Bauer and, and the, the fucking studs, why do they have to answer for it? It's bullshit. Everyone's doing it. Uh, yeah, but Garrett Cole's the one who's getting paid $324 million, and Trevor Bauer's the one who's getting paid $45 million a year, and they just happen to be two of the guys who have had the biggest increases in spin rate. I mean, when Garrett Cole goes from 2100 and change to 2500 and change... RPMs we're talking years. about. Yeah, but he's still okay. got incredible Talk about stuff. RPMs. Revving it up. Rotates? Yeah, I, I mean, you can have incredible stuff. You know, Barry Bonds had an incredible career where he won three MVPs. Why did he go out and use steroids? Did he need to do that? No, but he still chose to do it. I mean, this is the, you know, it, like the, the pursuit of excellence, guys is a very intoxicating thing this isn't just this isn't just baseball this is this is life like if you want to go out and do great things and there's something there and you have a league that is saying not just saying but showing that they're not going to crack down on it i like i don't sit here and blame these guys for doing what they did when major league baseball Essentially, I, I'm not even going to say they swept oh, it oh. under the rug. They just acted That's like it didn't happen. Do you guys, do you guys remember? This is back in 2017. Uh, Brett Cecil threw a pitch. He was with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, and I believe it bounced. And Yadier Molina couldn't find it, and he couldn't find it because it was stuck I... to his chest protector. <gasps> and at that point, Major League Baseball had a chance to go in and say, "Okay." Something is really wrong here. Something is screwed up here. Instead, Major League Baseball didn't say a thing. Brett Cecil said, I don't know how it happened. And Yadier Molina called the person who asked about it uh, an idiot, essentially. So, you know, this is just baseball uh, trying to hide what to any person with logic, with sense, with anything sees as completely ridiculous. Baseball for years on this subject treated its fans like morons, and now it's paying the price for that. You're right, Jet. We appreciate you so much, man. <laughs> I think I just, uh, I think I just got 
I just had to quit him in that bat. Four, two, 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 count. I went in a bat. Two, two, no, two, two count right now. Two, two. Jed, you're the absolute best, dude. Thanks for making baseball simple for all of us. We appreciate you so much. What's coming up next? You doing any more? Hey, this guy does documentaries. Yeah. They're ama- you are telling fabulous stories. I hope more uh, people see them on a regular basis. What's next, Jet? What are we talking about next? I feel like I'm going to be talking about sticky stuff and goo for a while. So that's uh, what we got. Are you going to do like, hey, you're going to do investigative journalism? Are you going? Are you going like, are you going to try to find out? Might be doing a little investigation, Patrick. Ooh. Let's go hey, back. Jay. Yeah, go ahead, AJ. Hey, what did these, what do the pitchers say when you, if someone asked them about their spin rate and how it all of a sudden jumps up year 10 or whatever? Yeah, they, that's the thing, AJ. They don't say anything because there's nothing to say. You know, Trevor, Trevor Bauer is an interesting person in this case because for years he has talked about how spin rate was uh, a, a clear indicator that people were cheating because he would go to a lab, uh, driveline lab out in Seattle, and he would do experiments with spin rate, trying to figure out how to naturally increase spin rate and never could figure out how to do it. Like this is a guy who every day would go in there and then he would test out some of these products and uh, you know it became clear to him that if your spin rate was jumping like that, then you were using something and he would say, guys are cheating. Then all of a sudden, his spin rate jumps more than anybody's. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, he's never said, never admitted, but it's like, if he can't beat him, join him. And that that's part of what Major League Baseball is going to be using. I mean, this is not just about umpires who are going to be going out to the mound, potentially, or to the dugout in between innings, like looking at dudes' belts, their gloves, their necks, everything, looking for foreign substances. This has a technological element to it, too, where Major League Baseball is using the StatCast system that it has to try and catch cheaters. You know, I wrote a story about it today, and and I almost – it's like precogs. It's like in Minority Report that they're trying to catch the cheaters, catch the criminals before they even commit the crime. Well, this is just like back when the CIA was giving the drugs and the guns to the people they were trying to arrest. That's right. I mean, this is baseball has okayed something, but when those spin rates be jumping, those spin rates be cruel. You know, everybody's got to shut them down. You know, and that's Uh like, that's what's going on. I'm excited to see your reporting, Jet, and we thank you so much for joining us, pal. I I thank you so, so much. Did you hear our guy, Tom Diggs, is playing in a celebrity softball game over at the Washington Wild Things party. Tony! All right. Yeah, so he's going to get one of those those pages that I'm on, playing in a big ballpark, a professional ballpark. Don't you get one of those things? Plaque? No, like my stats are on a website that he has to look at every day. What what is that website that has all the baseball stats on it? Baseball baseballreference.com. Bingo. Is Diggs gonna be on there after the celebrity softball game? I'll get him on there. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, Jet Passon. Thank you, Jet. Thank you, Jet. You're the best, Jet. You guys got to count, f- count two, two, yeah. boys. It's two, two. So it's uh, <laughs> finishes out bad. <laughs> Keep this <laughs> game moving. Dude. Bases okay, can juice. he see us? Can he see us when we're on there? Oh, such a disrespectful yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> That was not. Promote the game. I was listening. Okay. We, we were promoting. I was not. I was sweating. I can't handle it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I can swallow it. You know, normally I can, I can get a laugh and I can just very professionally put myself in a place swallow it down, put it deep down into the gut, mm-hmm. and then still get a sentence out. I could not I could not get that one down. I, I well, could, while I was about to follow up, I started laughing into the 
that's a shame for Jet because he was saying something really important then too. It's I hope everybody was listening to what he was saying. It was just for us it's, when we're talking baseball, it's hard not to get the bat out. It's hard yeah. not to throw some pitches, yeah. ain't that right, AJ? I mean, yeah, you, you you lured me out of there. I, I was trying to not look at you. I was trying to just look at Jet's head, and I could just feel you like out of the periphery. And and then all of a sudden, Connor starts. Connor says, "Good eye," and then I just I lost it after that. All right, here we go. I was trying to get. I was. I was. I didn't know all the different ways for a pitch. I thought I was going to almost get hit with one. Yeah, that was. Uh, I thought of that oh, too late. Nice. That was that curveball. Yeah, I saw that. That one was first when I did the. Yeah, that was good. God, yeah. That was close, too. Yeah, it was a ball, though. I think it was called a ball. It was a ball outside. I, I yeah. In baseball, I haven't played enough. You know, when those ones you think and you hear the up-go ball, that has to be a pretty good feeling. Oh, yeah. Because I had a pretty good feeling there on that imaginary ball when you guys called ball. I was uh-huh. like, oh, I thought it was Ooh, right. It was close. <laughs> it was close. But I'll tell you what, the ump really gave me some. Yeah, it was outside. <laughs> Because in my head, I was going to act as if that was strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys call ball. It's like, oh, whole different fucking. Yeah. Hitters count. What if I get a foul, too, if that thing goes full yeah. count? Oh, 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 foul! Because yeah, I guess. I mean. <laughs> that's, what a dumb fucking show, dude. We covered awesome. baseball, though. Hell yeah. We yeah. covered baseball. We got all the answers, too, by the way. He's going to dive into this thing. 1920, they started cheating, I guess. Yeah. And by cheating, they pull a little spit on it, I guess. Probably grip it up a little mm-hmm. bit or whatever. Get a little moisture. Hey, how did this start? How did everything start with this spider tack? So, it, 1920. 1920. It's funny. Yeah. No, no, I mean, welcome to the fucking show, dude. Welcome to this show. Josh Donald. What are we talking about now? Josh Donaldson got butt hurt because he can't hit, so... That's how it Not all just him. There's also like perfect games, shutouts happening. There's a lower hit rate happening across the entire league. And then that thing, that situation I alluded to, if I saw it, I assume that was a pretty big thing in baseball where some coach, manager, whatever the fuck, you, you get it in baseball, the person that's in charge of coaching, but is named mm-hmm. the manager. Yeah, the manager. Yeah, he the, got ma- it. The, skipper. Man- the skipper uh, goes out. They fight. Wears uh, he, a uniform. He get, Yeah, and cleats and a hat. Just he, in case. He just has an adult <laughs> and a 70-plus-year-old drunk adult. Uh-huh. Up Tony. Tony LaRusso down there. But he, somebody sends out somebody, and the pitcher's first reaction, which was interesting to me, and maybe it wasn't the pitcher, maybe somebody else, they were like, oh, you're going to start this, basically. And I think the caption was even like, if this is getting started like this, it was, and it felt as if, you know, we all, oh, so everybody does this. We kind of learn about it. It's like in the NHL when that ref was caught on a hot mic, where he's like, hey, pal, had to get one against Nashville. Had to you guys, boys. And then the next day, everybody that does hockey is like, yeah, that's like game flow is something that happens. Makeup calls happen in hockey. It's a part of our sport, and everybody kind of moved on. With this thing, instead of everybody just being like, oh, that's what baseball players do, that's what pitchers do, it sounds like hitters are still like, oh, no, if we can get rid of this, let's go ahead and try to do that. I don't know. There'll probably be a happy meeting. There'll be an overreaction at first, and then over the next couple of years, just like the K-ball situation in the NFL, they'll start working ways back in, if mm-hmm. I had to guess, right, how to do Yeah, probably. Person. I mean, there's and there's also, like, he's – when he's saying that, like, if everyone's doing it, like, how, how do you police that? Like, I mean, I guess you could just be like, okay, no one's going to do it, but it's it's part of the game. It has been. Hey, AJ, what do they say on the defensive side of the ball? I don't know. Tell me. If we're all wrong, we're all right. That is a good point, yes. So if everybody's doing it, is everybody right? I don't know. I mean, that is. Is everybody just, doing it? Like, is, yes. is this something that, like, yeah. is it just like what, you know how when you play basketball, you, a lot of guys step on the little deal to, to, 
get their shoes clean right before at the scorer's table. Is it something like that where it's just this is what you do when you play, when you pitch? No, I don't think it's like stepping on something to get the dust off of your shoes. No, superstitious. I, I, I mean, is it just your routine? Is it part of what you do? No, I think it makes everybody better. He just talked about the yeah. RPM that goes up there. And I think the reason why everybody doing it is no longer an advantage to the people that maybe aren't uh, the greatest that are using it because everybody has gotten better substantially. So the, maybe the people that were mostly doing it weren't the high-end guys. Maybe. I don't know. Like Trevor Bauer, I think he's the best guy. He was like, these guys are cheating. These guys are cheating. Then he goes to Seattle and he comes back with a 400 RPM jump on his <laughs> yeah. fastball or something like that. Like, oh, this guy's doing it. So I think everybody has done it. That is something. I think. And that's like Garrett Cole. Hey, did you? This is the last thing we'll talk about this. Garrett Cole got asked about it last night in a press conference and there's a couple different ways to judge what he is doing here. My way is I think he has thought about having to give this answer very, very in-depthly. Is that a word? Yeah. Go for me, dude. I'm trying to mollify this back into everything. <laughs> no you know, chasm. I'm, I'm no, I'm having a little bit of a schism right now oh, with, okay. with football and baseball tying it back in there. But I think he has had to think of an answer for this because he knew he was inevitably going to. And I think there's a moment where it's going to look like he is, oh, no. But I think he was trying to recall, how did I how did I think about getting the fuck out of this question without saying anything? And I thought he handled it very well. But this is this did not look great, I don't think, for Gary Cole, for baseball, or for anybody. I think this was last night. Now, have you ever used spider attack while pitching? Great question. Um, I don't. What? Are you? I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, okay, here we go. Be honest with him. I mean, there are customs and practices that here we go. have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players like wiping to your this shoes. generation of players and wiping your shoes um is that common? you know i i think uh you know he can lie it doesn't some matter things that are does. certainly out of bounds in that regard and, like he's not under oath and, uh, pretty, pretty real, in true. terms of that uh in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot um you know and and i again like i mentioned earlier there's you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game, and this is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including you know teams. And so, if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have. Um, because so ultimately, doing we should all be pulling in the same direction. On this. Bingo, we're all pulling the same direction, and on this, he says at the end of it. But there was a couple pauses in the middle. It was like, oh, there's a guilty guy. Oh, there's, and then his answer was, I don't want to bury anybody in particular. I don't want to put myself into a position, a uh, compromising position here, but I would like to speak on it, the generational and the, this is how this goes. So I don't think it is like uh, putting your feet on the thing because that's done in public and everybody knows that that is happening. I think this is something that is happening, but nobody really knows about until now. And if you're baseball, I guess you regulate it. I guess you just make it rule. Hey, you're only allowed to have this much shit on your hat or something like that. Is that what they'll have to do? Is that how they'll meet in the middle here? I mean, I guess that's how you could do it. Or like, I mean, bring back the fucking juice baseballs. There you go. You give a little bit of incentive to the, uh, the hitters and guys can still do this and let it be. Let the boys juice, hit the ball out of the park. Give us what we want. We don't doesn't want that. 
No, I'm fine with this. No, baseball. you on singles. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. That was before me and AJ's baseball game. You, um, I was talking about hitting for average. Barry Bonds hit like 370 and still hit the most home runs ever. Like, Well, and who's the guy? Uh, Japanese guy? Shohei Ichiro. Otani. Ichiro. Ichiro. That is also Japanese baseball player that I'm a big fan of. But Ichiro, I guess. Yeah. They said he could have been a home run hitter if he wanted to, but he was just singles and doubles. Yeah, there's, it. there's nothing wrong with hitting 350. You know, that is good too. Well, Jet Passon says uh, well, you're, you're a stooge. Yeah, he's talking about the. He's not going to bring any new viewers. What singles and doubles? No, I think high scoring would. Absolutely. Yeah, high scoring home runs, not advancing the runner one base at a time. Great baseball, but I'm just saying for entertainment purposes, if you want more people to watch the sport. I remember when I was trying to, I was trying to really push that my ghost runner was faster than everybody else's mm-hmm. ghost runner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That was a fun time. Yeah. He would have got to third. <laughs> Let's get to a break. We're back on the other side uh, with some phone calls. AJ, I can't wait for it, dude. It's been a really good show by us today. We talked about everything. Yeah. Had a couple at bats. Mm-hmm. Covered it all. Two and two is the count. Yeah. Yeah, right we'll, now. Hey, we'll finish it before the end of the year or in the show. <laughs> Don't you worry about that, dude. I was trying to figure out how I was going to take a hack. I was thinking about laying a bunt down and sprinting out of the frame. <laughs> yeah, but I I know I noticed the jet did not know we were doing it. No, he was in. His he zone. had. Can he see us? Like, what does he see on his end? Could be. I don't know. He could have been in his zone too. What do you see? There's times where. There's how did he? There's no speaking. way he's in his zone, and he didn't watch me. You take seven pitches, and I threw you with the well, You never know. He was talking about. He also didn't notice earlier when you hit that balance point pitching and yeah. held it for about <laughs> yeah three three minutes, three four minutes. Hey, I I was pretty active in that conversation. Yeah. Jet, I cramped in my hip. Oh yeah, that's why I had to get down. The balance, but you weren't wobbling. In my head, one minute into that, two minutes into that, I was like, I'm gonna do this for the rest of the fucking convo. <laughs> I'm gonna do this for the whole thing. And then he got through an answer to another one, and all of a sudden my entire, like right now, it just started cramping up, yeah. just cramping up there. That's not even the leg I'm good at. You know, because when you're punting and kicking, it's your left leg, oh, yeah. obviously. So I can normally stand on this one for about as long as we need to. You know what I mean? This one can move too. I mean, we are out here. Yeah. The right leg, that th- this hip ain't worth a fuck, dude. <laughs> that thing started locking up on me. You know what I mean? That's a shame, but. Thanks, Jet, for stopping by. Yeah. Jet. I thought you were going to fire that ball through the camera, too, at one point. This one? Yeah. Just right through it. Well, I was thinking about... Yeah. Increasing the spin rate. Boom! Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, I was going to throw it, and then I got to right here, and I thought about that kid from Virginia who did that balk clearly. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yesterday. Yeah, he lifted... This dude was pitching. He's the Kenny Powers of college baseball. That's what the internet has deemed him. Guys... Electrified, but he pitched. He did one of these, sat on it, and then he fell off and threw a guy out of third. It was like, how long can you sit there? Because if it's every time, I assume you're allowed to do it. Yeah, as long as you don't make a move towards home. What if you just yeah. fucking lock that Hold thing? Hold it in. in. Someone run. Go ahead. I dare you. I mean, I would just get back to the base. Then he pitched the ball. No chance for a steal. Yeah. Well, if you can hold that for 45 seconds and then pitch a strike that a guy's not going to hit out of the park, good luck. Well, that guy's also sitting in that batter's box for 45 seconds, too. Just right. What the? True. 
He's AJ Hawking at the Fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking AJ Hawking. He might be onto something. Yeah. My crane pose is like the sun setting in Ohio with AJ behind the wheel. Just go ahead and sleep, dude. That's what that kid was doing. He was holding that thing up five seconds. Oh, yeah. Then they missed the tag at third. Still called him out. Yeah. Oh, Dominion got fucked there. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know it's time to spoil the shit out of your dog with BarkBox. Hell yeah. Two toys, two treats, and a chew. It starts as low as $23 a month for $60 worth of dog chews and toys. $37 in savings, it sounds like right there, if I read that sentence accurately. That is correct. That's unbelievable. It's the best day of the month for our dogs. When their bark box arrives, the tails start wagging. The nose, the noses start sniffing. It's happiness. It is. Pure elation. Pure joy for our dogs. And it's time for you to get in the game. Into the happy dog game with BarkBox. Join now and get a free extra toy in every box for a year. That's $60 worth of toys for free. Sign up your pup and get unique toys and snacks, plus a free extra toy every single month. Tailored toys and treats ship free every single month. Start now and get $60 in free toys in a year. Unique toys, USA-made treats, free monthly delivery, and $60 in free extra toys. Are you kidding me? Spoil the shit out of your dog when you go to BarkBox.com forward slash Pat. That's B-A-R-K-B-O-X dot com forward slash that's the slash it looks like it's leaning forward from left to right mm-hmm. pat p-a-t get sixty dollars in free toys this year alongside the incredible savings you're already getting from our friends at bark box two toys two treats and the chew monthly to the house so you don't have to think about spoiling the shit out of your dog every single month do it now make your dogs happy it's well worth it barkbox.com forward slash pat let's get back to the show <laughs> I heard your angle you were trying to work while I was still speaking. I appreciate it. I respect it. You tried to rephrase it as if it was something different. Welcome back. Zito is the voice in my ear now, and it is a wild time to be alive. (laughs) Whenever things are coming in live at the time, it is pretty fantastic. Zito had something he wanted to get in, you know, and it was awesome. And I heard him, and I kind of waved off the bitch. So he... (laughs) Couple minutes or a couple seconds later, 35 seconds later, he rephrased it in a different fashion while I'm still pitching at the moment. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He's trying to. Well, you you did say that uh, Bob was trying to ruffle Aaron Rodgers, and this is another tweet. Yeah, that yeah. Was ruffling. it was the Kurt Benkert tweet. Because <laughs> at the beginning, while we were talking about Jordan Love having a good day, and the entire story of like since draft day, like, you know, we're trying to yeah. paint the whole picture. Zito's in my ear. Hey, hey don't forget about Kurt. <laughs> He's in my ear about Kurt Benkert, basically. We got to blown coverage, though. So then as, exactly, then as we are, as I continue to talk, I'm like, you're not now. Like, we are literally telling Jordan Love's life story at this point. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, we got another Bob Domofsky tweet. He wanted me, he wanted me to think that it was another Jordan Love tweet. He, like, reframed it. And in my head I was like, no, I saw the tweet. That was, yeah, that was still it. talking about the Kurt tweet. So then we do, we finish up the, and then he goes again, he goes, uh, another tweet? Yeah, he goes, another, it was. It's magic right now. I want to let everybody know there's a little uh, behind the curtain, which I'm not sure any of those uh, Emmy-winning Emmy shows are doing Fuck there. Man. And that's probably what. Hey, big night last night on the internet. A lot of people winning some stuff. I'm happy for everybody out there that won that stuff, AJ. That's big night. Nate Burleson crushed. What did they win? What, what happened? 2-2. Two, two. They got tweets. Uh, no, no, no. We're not. <laughs> they, got, uh, they, got a, they got tweets, videos, awards, the whole thing. I think it is... Uh, 
Wait, was it an award show? Sports Emmys, AJ. It's a sports Emmy. Sports Emmy. Your people. There were speeches. This is what we talked about with you at Augusta, you know, stumbling around drunk with cigars, probably rubbing shoulders with these Emmys voters or whatever. Uh You don't even say anything. You actually said you talked to nobody there. Had a chance to maybe get us in the running for this whole thing. You said, no, the award winners came last. Sports Center, best uh, daily show. That beat out um, the Dan Patrick show that was also nominated. I guess Dan has never won one. So what? Yeah, that's what I. That's what I saw in the reaction to the Sports Center winning the daily one. I saw a lot of DP show fans coming in there saying Dan's never won one. This is wow. kind of bullshit. And now, listen, I'm not going to bury anybody at Sports Center because I saw a lot of people that work at Sports Center. They're very proud of Sports Center winning, and we appreciate everything Sports Center has done. But I fall in the head. Get Dan Patrick a fucking that that get him an Emmy. What's going on here? He needs one. Hey, they talk. They don't just run other people's rights. Uh, hey, wasn't Shregs up for that? Content. What's that? Wasn't that a category that Shregs and Good Morning Football was up for as well? Yeah, Nate Burleson could have been a three Emmy winner last night if Good Morning Football beats a- Sports Center. Great show. Okay, listen, I'm, uh, congratulations, you did your thing. But learning that Dan Patrick's never won one, I think, via a bunch of tweets from his listeners saying, "Hey, this is bullshit." That was kind of alarming in my eyes. Now, I don't think any of them, okay, can uh, can touch Nate Burleson's day. I mean, he had he had uh, Nickelodeon yep. won one mm-hmm. for best playoff coverage. Yep, he won one for I think uh, like emerging studio personality or something like sports that. Sports personality as well. Mm-hmm. He cleaned up. Nate Burleson fucking crushed last night. Ex NFL player doing that. Congrats, brother. Happy for him. Happy for the whole thing. It was a big. It was a big. Hey, we did it, or hey, we didn't do it. Night on uh, Twitter last night, though, for a lot of the sports folks I seen. It was a big deal, I, I guess. I usually see stuff like that. I had zero idea. Was there a show like on, or was it all? Did they like give Zoom speeches? How'd it go? Now, there was a couple recorded speeches. I think like Nate did record a speech and put it out. Um, Acho did one that was live. Mm-hmm. Acho did a live. live. Or? Yeah, yeah. They, he was like in the studio, and then when they announced, what did, him, he, what did he win? Uh, up and coming sports personality. I thought that was Nate Burleson. Oh, that's uh, what one for said. best commercial. Probably a list somewhere. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. Has to be best commercial for that Lexus. I mean, I don't know how I we would ever find like this out. Breakout sports personality. Breakout. Yeah. There we go. That. Is, so is that different than the up and coming? Well, one? that's what I I do remember seeing that. I was like, hmm, that's kind of the same thing that these guys want, but it was just like a different name for each of them. Oh, okay, so okay. I could by be way, right. Way, Ocho, another ex NFL player winning more sports Emmys. Yeah. I'm all about. Acho won outstanding personality, emerging on air on air talent. Okay, what did Nate Burleson win? Looking everything else. I think. Is there like a comeback broadcaster of the year? Someone maybe had a scandal, something DUI came back, and everyone forgot about <laughs> There's it. There's drive by Castellano. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brennan was. Uh, oh. He did not have a comeback. <laughs> no, he did not. He did not he have a comeback. He didn't win. No, he's doing a. Uh, Puerto Rican baseball league. Yeah, I don't know how long that's going to last either, especially with the way he gets with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Burleson won for outstanding sports personality slash studio analyst, and also the Nickelodeon playoff. Yeah, the Lex game. Lumpkin game. The, yeah, Lex Lumpkin won as well. Mm-hmm. Congrats! Yeah, shout out fucking Lex, dude, friend of the show. Yeah. Boy, Lex. I believe Boy, Dan Lex. has one as an individual, but not for the DP show. Oh, so the whole crew. I think Dan has won when he was on Sports Center for like. Oh, for sports center went in. Yeah, and him he being been. studio. Hey, where is he now? Or whatever. Where is Dan? He's on uh, Plus. Peacock. Yeah. 
Peacock, did you say? He's on yeah, the Plus yeah. now. He's on uh, yeah. Peacock Plus. Peacock. It's bigger. Hey, listen. Doesn't Peacock have two different settings? They have the premiere and they then hunt. the actual? They do. Yeah, so he's on the super duper one, I think. He's picked up by the cock. Peacock. Him and Rich Eisen are both on the cock. Peacock. Just like every WWE pay-per-view. Hell in a Cell's right around the corner, by the way. Only available on the cock. Hell yeah. Peacock. But yeah, he's over there, I think. I think so. I'm not 100% okay. sure. I think Dan's actually got 12 of them for himself. Dan Patrick has 12 I think 12 he got uh, for when he was hosting studio or uh, Football Night in America as well for studio hosts. God damn, that's like, is that more or less than uh, Ernie and them for that weekly? They have oh, a weekly yeah. studio show. I think they've won like the last 11. Hey, what about Peyton? Like Peyton's places should be up for something. A documentary of some sort. I mean, docu-series, yeah. something like that. That's very well done, by the way. Incredible. Very, very well done. I don't know how any of it works. I, allegedly, we have to sign up for that. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Don't know how to tell you how we think we're like. I don't know if I'd be able to put pen to pad or fingers to a thing saying we deserve to win an award for what we do. You, you know, don't I, understand. I don't know if I'll ever be able well, to. If you, what if you had to put a five minute reel together? How, what kind of clips would you put together? We actually were asked to do that one time. Yeah. We did it and then it got chopped and screwed into something different. It's like, all right, never doing that again either. <laughs> so I, I don't know if we'll ever be up for one, but I am very happy. For you know, a lot of people that we know that got a chance to celebrate their hard work last night on the internet via a sports Emmy win, I'm very happy for them. A lot of great work, especially coming out of a time where sports were stopped. Uh -huh. You know, so it was a it wasn't an easy time to be in the sports media world by any means. And congratulations to everybody. Hey, what about what about Kyle Brandt? Do you know what he's doing? Why he's in Australia quarantining for two weeks? I could guess because I think I was on a call to potentially host the same show that he's hosting down there. And I was not offered the job, by the way. Kyle Brandt clearly was. And what is it? That's going to be a tough. I mean, that's going to be a tough vein of Kyle Brandt and I. We probably are, huh? Energy, sports stooges, whites. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm never going to get anything with Kyle Brandt. Well, you played in the league. Yeah, but. Kyle Brandt is the lead right now with Good Morning Football. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that is a little bit different. He is the shield. He is the shield. <laughs> I mean, he, there are some things like I But I do know what it is, potentially. I do, Unless there's numerous things. It must that, be pretty big to big. go there and quarantine for two weeks. Like, you're either getting a big old paycheck and it's a big old show or something. Well, know. so also, I don't know if Australia is doing some sort of like, hey, come film something over here, right? So unless the thing that I had heard about is it which would make sense by the way that i was because similar it's like, that kind of just slapped me in the mouth there just about five three mm -hmm. minutes ago whatever <laughs> that was that that's going to be a tough for a little bit here if that is the because i love i am a big kyle brandt fan have to make sure everybody on earth knows that but unless there's a bunch of things that are being filmed over there i think i do know what it is pretty it's going to be cool it's going to be really cool he's probably gonna do a great job that's why he agreed to go quarantine down under for 17 days and locked in a hotel room or whatever is australia open or no I think I so because they, they had the AFL games. They had packed out houses. Mm -hmm. So quarantine, yeah. Australia's open, and they're like, "Yeah, you're coming from America. Don't trust." You. I think they're very strict though because get saw into the biodome, pal. Yeah, right now, I saw there was a couple cases like in a province or something, and they shut that thing down for. Yeah, like they're a week. still in lockdown yeah. as of two days ago. Yeah, all of oh, Australia shit. or parts of Australia because that's a big ass island, right? Huge mm -hmm. continent. Australia's Melbourne eyes way out of COVID nineteen lockdown as Weird cases enough, right? ease. <laughs> That's right. Say what you said again. I was me and Tyler talking about Australia's Melbourne eyes way out of COVID nineteen lockdown as cases ease. 
So is that mean? Does that mean the whole place is locked down or just parts of it? Because what was happening? No, that was in Paris. It was, ex- it was extended in Melbourne, so it feels like most of it is still locked down. What about down. Sydney? Was it in Aust- the Australia Open, right? Yeah. That yeah. was where somebody down the road had it and they shut down everything. Yeah. Is that the... Is that... Is that... Who's all... Canada's doing that same thing, right? That's kind of how Canada is? Yeah, you but, can't. Like, even with the vaccine, if I tried to go home i still have to quarantine for two weeks no but is canada open right now no it's not so what are they they're waiting until there's zero cases of covid to open back up is i that have what's going no on? idea the numbers were never Maybe. bad that's why hogsett's waiting just uh you know it's a world but their, va- their vaccine's not I, even set up properly this this is gonna yeah to distribute them right so like the this is and that is a whole different conversation but like um this is fascinating because you know when we celebrated beating covid the other day mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about Hogsett's decision being the only city here, by the way, in the NFL that has not said, eh, by fall, we'll probably be able to be a full capacity or whatever. Only only city still saying, saying, no, we've had a, a full conversation and about it. I was, uh, I was tweeted by somebody from Germany, at German something. And uh, they told me that it was American ignorance, what I was saying, huh. and that the mayor cares about something. And I almost dunked on the German uh, Twitter person to me in epic proportion. And I won't do that now. Um, Come on, Because I have a lot it. of respect for the country, actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and the NFL is heading over to That's Germany. right, yeah. And I assume they're locked down over there as well. I assume the, the, is Germany currently locked down? Because the way that tweet from that German person, the way it sounded like they're still locked down looking out and they're smarter than everybody, you know what I mean? And the Germans have had... You know, I mean, I'm not a big fucking historian, but like, hey, maybe, maybe you do. I believe they just are question what the government's saying every once in a while. Yeah, you know what I mean, maybe, especially there, maybe that's something to fucking try out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but with that being said, the NFL is going to Germany and they love fucking football over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the second or third largest country for NFL shop purchases. I mean, that was announced today in a memo that was released by Ian Rappaport that they're. They're utilizing a, an agency, a consulting firm in London to find them a potential home in Germany. And they're going to listen to people pitch them on why Frankfurt, which great airport, good beer in that airport, good city. They, they should be the home. Berlin should be the home. How about Stuttgart or whatever should be Ooh. the home? I guess they're trying to figure out Munich. I guess they're trying to figure out where and who is going to be the home. And they're expecting pitches from I assume these German cities and mayors and things like that, mm-hmm. their hogsets are pitching why their city should be the home of the NFL. And I guess Bjorn Werner over there has a football bromance podcast. It's big. And the only reason why I know it's big is because when I say a fact, a matter of fact, Bjorn Werner is a worse ping pong player than me. By far. Not even... A question. When I say that, I get attacked by a lot of people that listen to his podcast. And I'm going to be honest. I do not give Bjorn Werner and his uh, following enough credit. Germany rolls deep when it comes to like NFL love. His show does very well. They have massive studio over there. They spend a lot of money. I'm excited that the Germans are getting involved in the NFL, just like the old uh, um, Euro or World League. No, what was it called? NFL. NFL Europe. NFL Europe, where a lot of people have started, by the way. Vinatieri was over there. Mm-hmm. I think Kurt Warner, Andrew Luck's dad, ran the Rhine Fire, I think, over there for a long time. I mean, it has deep history. I'm excited that they're, you know, kind of reaching their way into Germany. And, and this is just, 
This is just one more step, by the way, for total global domination of the NFL. Uh, start in London. Okay, then we'll go to Germany. Then what's next? Uh, they used to have games in Asia. They're going to get to Australia at some point with yep. all those punters. They're going to have to. They're going to go down to Africa, I assume, mm -hmm. at some point. I mean, as more and more players make the league from these countries, and as it continues to become this globally, you know, dominant sport, I assume this is only going to grow and grow. AJ. Well, so they're saying Germany is going to get a game. It, are they also saying Germany is is a possibility to have a full NFL team someday if London gets one? No, I do not think that has even been referenced. And I think that London team thing has died off as well now that Khan is investing in Jacksonville and Urban Myers down there. I think that's kind of been stopped. That was a conversation piece where somebody would split time. And the logistics never made any sense on how that would work. They would have to have a stateside performance center where they can work out people middle of the week. It would just... That'd be very difficult, but in the memo, they say every eight years, every single team will make a Europe trip so they can diversify the teams and the fans that are seen by the European uh, audience. So it feels like they're really investing in Europe, and I think it's because they see soccer, and they know we're about to win the World Cup, and they're yeah. like, hey, listen, not just your sport we're good at, by the way, here's a little bit more of our sport that we're good at, and that's probably a good uh, strategy there by Jerry Kraft, Ursay and Roger Goodell saying now's the time to kind of infiltrate all of Europe. You know, smart move. Good business move. A smart move, but you think you're going to see the Cowboys playing overseas anytime soon? And they have to find a way to give them a big kickback because he's not losing a home game. Yeah, it's like $78 million he makes every home game down there at the uh, Jerry World. They should turn heel, though. They're called America's team. I yeah, mean, that, that, yeah. that should be a... You know what I mean? Full-blown tour. That could be yeah. a full heel. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we are America's team coming over here. This is, let's show you how it goes. And then the other team would automatically be representing Europe then, right? It would be like oh, the Ryder yeah. Cup, and who the other team doesn't even know it if the Dallas Cowboys go over there as America's team. I like, I like, I like European fan bases. I watched that Pink documentary she performed at Wembley. Those fans are they're wild they're and nuts. nuts. Soccer fans, obviously, insane. If we get them in the NFL, that's all. You can like both. You can like your sport that's a little bit different. You know, it's like a, uh, it's like scotch, you know, your sport. Uh -huh. Yeah. Here's us. Just come on, bong some beers. You know what I mean? Do what you got to do. Have a good time with us. You can do both out here. Why not? Why I mean, not? What's it, how many, you know, I mean, those people over there, they're probably not watching as many soccer games. You know, I mean, if you get invested in the NFL, shit, you got, you got all these teams you can cheer for. You don't need to just cheer for your team that's, you know, right there. You Cheer for 32 of them. Hey, here you go. And by the way, whenever you go over and play, did you ever play in England, AJ? Never did. I think the Packers are the only team who have never gone over there. That's because their owner's like, I don't want to make any money over there. Oh, they don't have any. The GM. <laughs> yeah, fair. The Let GM didn't say that. We don't need any fans over there. We got enough fans over here. Um, it's just American sports, basically. You know? I went on a uh, USO tour to Japan, and I've talked about this at length, but it's when you go over there, it's not just Colts fans that are coming to see you. It's like you're a piece of America. You know what I mean? Like you're a piece of America for the military that are over there. So people had no idea who the fuck I was. They were not Colts fans, but getting a chance to come say what's up, they're forced to do it, which that's a whole nother conversation in and of itself. Like some of these guys do not want to spend their downtime like this. And it's like, hey, I'm so sorry that this is what you're kind of being forced to do. But a lot of them seem genuine, like, hey, no, it's a break of whatever this is. And you're just a piece of America almost. In England, when we played over there, it felt like we were just a piece of America. People that were based in Europe in the military, people maybe that have business over there. And also, you know, just 
European people that are massive fans. Because you, I saw baseball jerseys. Mm -hmm. I saw baseball jerseys. I saw Kobe Bryant jerseys at the thing. I saw a lot of NFL teams represented in the fan. It was almost just like a celebration. Like, hey, here we go. I assume it's going to be like that for some time. And the NFL should profit off it. That, that's like a good move. The players are going to hate it, though. I mean, the more trips to Europe, the worse for everybody. But now that I'm out of it, I don't have to do it. Like, hey, fucking get them over there. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I feel like a bad guy. I mean, I don't think guys, I mean, yeah, they're probably not mad if they go once, but I think if you're on a team or you're somewhere, you get bounced around to different teams and you go two, three years in a row, that may get a bit old. Uh, okay, so listen, you guys are uh, reigning champs. We're trying to build in Europe, you know what I mean? Patty Mahomes, you guys are leading in London. And by the way, week 15, you guys are in Rhine, Germany. <laughs> Come on back. All right, we need to, yeah, we're trying to just take over. You get it, right? And make sure these are high scoring, too. When you guys okay. get over points, 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 points. We need this thing to be electrifying. It's, you know, how much will the NFL try to dominate over there? Okay, and this is going to be a, uh, you know, this is going to be a hell of a tie together here. But does the NFL want to go over there and dominate quickly or not? Does the NFL want to do a slow burn and want to introduce a sport? Or do they want to go over and try to win? Like, do they want to do that? I assume they want to go slow. Let me tell you what I was trying to tie together here. So NXT and AEW on Wednesday nights had the first ever, like, hey, wrestling, same time, same night, head-to-head -head thing since, like, way back with the Monday Night Wars when WCW came in. It was, like, a real thing. And there was a lot of conversation. I, I think, therefore, a long time, I think AEW lost a couple of nights. Uh, I'm not sure who was all on those shows when they lost, but there was a couple of nights where they did lose to NXT. And then, you know, for a long time, though, AEW was a couple hundred thousand. And Nielsen rating, by the way, we know we know absolutely nothing about. But, like, AEW was winning the ratings war. But if WWE wanted to, I mean, you just have one, you know, you bring one Brock Lesnar appearance on a Wednesday night, you bring one. Like, if WWE really wanted to, and this is not... WWE people telling me this, okay, this is me being a part of that for a little bit, kind of like hearing how it was talked about on the internet and thinking to myself, like, if they really wanted to, they this could be, and I never pitched it, I never thought it, I never talked to anybody at WWE, but like, if the NFL really wanted to, and they were like, all right, here we go. Showtime Chiefs are over there. Yeah. Every single, like, hey, yeah. Tampa's going over there. This is what we're doing. If they, and I don't think the players would love that, but if they really wanted to, I think they could in a lot of places because our sport's a fucking good one, AJ. It's a very, very good sport. Like having practices open leading up where, like, you, you know, you can get autographs. You can do, yeah, you can watch everything, do press conferences that whole nine. Instead, because they usually go on, what, Friday or Saturday? It depends. Just... Each team has a different thing now. We, we want a couple days before. Some people go the whole entire week before to get adjusted. There's a parade, but it's very, if they really wanted to, I think our sport could go over. Now, European people are going to bash me for this. I understand it's never going to be soccer over there, but I'm just saying our sport, I think, would be enjoyed by those, you know, a lot of hard-nosed people over there in Europe are like, all right, I'm starting to get it. These guys are good. They were sending us the fucking Jaguars. For yeah. <laughs> we got, it's a real team. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I think that's a real thing. I, I mean, I think absolutely it's a real thing. I think that's part of DAZN's whole business model. I think if you're in, I don't know if Germany is one of them, but there's definitely Germany countries is. over there. Yeah, the only place you can watch NFL football is on DAZN. Italy, I don't know if they still have them. I don't know yeah, if they still have them. Italy, Germany, Canada, I think Brazil. And Spain, maybe? Spain, I think, is another one. The Italy thing, because whenever we went over there, it was like, there's a chance the Pope's going to be watching this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
if they were to expand internationally, you'd think they'd add a team in Canada or Mexico before, yeah, but like they, a London. I or, feel like they think they already got. Yeah, they have those. Yeah. Canada's yeah, already like, won, dude. It's massive. Yeah, you got to go. So that's why you put a team up there, right? But though, because Seattle, you know, like, yeah, they're close to everywhere, though. Like Seattle's close to where I live. Like Toronto's have, close to Buffalo. Like it's all right. There. And you have to deal with international taxes, then, right? Yeah. And I don't know how that is. I just know that we played in Toronto one week, and I made negative four thousand dollars. <laughs> you had to pay to yeah, play they, there. Yeah, you got taxed. It was Bad a preseason game, but they taxed you on your full year salary as opposed to what you were paid that week so you're only paid like 800 bucks or something because it's a preseason game and then they're taxing you on your entire year salary yeah what? it was a fucked up situation yeah this is like whenever uh edron james there was a preseason game supposed to be in japan somewhere and the amount of money that it was going to cost and the sleep schedule to go yeah. over there edron james i think he said um I think he pulled his hamstring the day before they left. It was in a preseason. And he said the closest he's going to be to Japan is, um, what's that restaurant, famous restaurant? Benihana. Yeah. Benihana. <laughs> and then, like, this almost caused, like, a big yeah. this caused, like, a big thing because Edron James is now Hall of Fame. Edron mm-hmm. James, he was, like, a star. He was going to be one of the main things. And Edge was like, I, I ain't doing it. No mm-hmm. way. He, they ended up forcing him to go. He did not play, but I assume his taxes were still just absolutely unbelievable. And if you put a team in a camp, hey, I would love to have the Canadian Lions. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. What's that? Easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Fucking Winnipeg. Why did you yeah, go yeah, the Lions? Yeah. I wouldn't mind Whoa. that happening. Okay, in Mexico would be cool too. They have game. They had a couple games down there. I think that has been interesting every single time. It seems like there's always maybe some catastrophe that's coming right before, and then the game goes off without a hitch, and the guys kicking and punting the ball since it's seven miles in the sky are sending that thing 95 yards. I, I wanted to play down there very bad, but I'm not sure the international home team is going to happen. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll take it on the road, like a tour almost, yeah. and I think they'll do Australia. I don't know how they'll make that work, especially with how far away it is in the time zone change and everything like that. I think they'll go to Africa. I think they'll they'll have a game in Africa as more and more players come from African countries into the league. I think they'll do all of that if they're doing business. It's just like how fast will they do all this? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Hey, do you uh, do you think the uh, the new Concord jet that they're going to start building again that can get anywhere in the world in four hours has any impact on it? What if that's Roger Goodell behind that whole thing? We got to get these boys down to Australia. Wow. Fucking I mean, it's going to be like 10 years, though, until they're built, I think. Bezos is going to uh, space. Yeah. With his brother. Hey, that's a bad idea. We, Terrible. We, we touched yeah. on this the other day. That's a bad idea, Jeff. Hey. Hey, Jeff. Learn from Elon just a little bit. I know you two have kind of been having like a who's got a bigger sword contest for a long time at this point. But Elon is like a space guy. In his first rocket, I think, what they say? Seven million pieces it blew into? Yeah, wow. disintegrated yeah, almost. Yeah, immediately. I don't know. Bezos, I don't know if now's the time just to take your own life, pal, because you want to show off with your well, new spaceship. Fun. I saw today, I think Branson's trying to get up there before Bezos does. Well, Branson has been in this game since long yeah, before long Elon. Time. Long yeah. before. And by the way, I think his company was potentially the one that sent me an email asking if I wanted to pay $250,000 to go to space. That was a long time ago. And it never came to fruition. And I thought to myself, man, I made it if these are the emails I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a pretty cool email. To to get. I would not do it, but that was a long... E- hey, that guy, he'll pop off his island every once in a while, you know, because he lives out there with Mariah Carey or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just drop in out of nowhere. Oh, oh yeah, we... Uh- Mariah Carey. You saw that Cribs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He's a maniac. He was Elon Musk long before Elon. You know, he was the yeah. first like. I've heard his airlines very yeah. nice. I've never flown it. Virgin. There's only like seven of them. I think. <laughs> I've never got to hop on that plane either. I heard it's awesome. I heard it's first class the entire thing. I've never seen one or been in a position to fly on one though. I don't think it's first class in the whole plane. I I, I may have flown once that, or twice. I always look for it. Zito, Zito, can you look? I think it's first class the entire plane. Isn't that no, big... absolutely not. No. Huh. Well, wait. Please, please pull that one up, Z. I have to. I thought that's the whole it... plane. The whole plane is so it's like a big plane that flies NBA players around. They're all just first class seats. No, but I think that was its selling point, wasn't it? It's like. No, I think they're cool looking. They have cool lighting. I'm sure first class is awesome, but I don't think the whole plane is first class. Okay. It first. may have been. They've been absorbed by uh, Alaska Airlines now, so. Alaska Airlines? Are you serious? Yeah, it's Russell Wilson, man. Did fucking Aldi just buy out Virgin? What's that? I remember you're gonna. Th- I remember last year being like that's or seeing like Alaska Airlines was like the number one rated airline, like nicest airline. Well, I've heard Alaska is a hell of a vacation. Too. Oh yeah. yeah, I had a teammate that went up there and uh, did like an Alaskan cruise. Cruise. They, yeah. they rented their own. B- is that the whole thing? It's it's that's, yeah, that's like. Yeah, I don't know. That it's the whole plane, showed, dude. Yeah, that's the whole plane, dude. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's row 18. That's the whole plan. That's, that's, it's not. I, I can easily pull up. Motion. If you want me to pull up a picture of the rest of the plane, I can. But Z, what, he's not allowed to do it, I guess. Oh, Z, is, well, excuse me. I can't talk to him. He can talk to me, dude. Yeah. I can Anything that I say to Zito. Every he, photo looks like this. Bingo. Okay? And maybe that's not how it is, but that's how it was yeah. marketed, was everything. And I... They got me because I was always like, oh, I want to get on one. And then I realized, like, oh, there's only like four flights that this thing does. Alaska, though, I've heard... I had a teammate that got a, a boat or whatever out there and did an Alaskan cruise. It's like a six-day thing they did where they cruise around like glaciers yep. and mm. and they saw whales mm-hmm. and then this beautiful. I guess it's very gorgeous up there. You just got to worry about Putin potentially sending a rocket over your shoulder. Yeah, right? Northern Lights and stuff up there too. Alaska is gorgeous. I didn't know they had the Northern Lights. Yeah, I seen those one time on like. 15 edibles flying home from the London game. That's how you tie it back to football right there. Oh, yeah. I seen the Northern Lights flying back from uh, that game in London. It was pretty nice. Now, I probably saw it a little better than everybody else with where I was mentally. But out of the window. It was pretty good, yeah. And I played dominoes too, ain't I? I, uh, <laughs> I fucked it up. I, I lost the game. Well, you're like, looking at the lights. Oh, Northern Lights, the edible. We just lost it. Uh, the Jags, Blake Bortles punted a ball in his stands. It wasn't a penalty. What are we doing? Can I do that? I got called for a false start. I mean, it was. Uh, Would you take a step? No. Uh, it was Walt. Oh, and, as a holder, you did? Yeah, yeah. I had. Listen. Hey, I understand that Aaron had a great has a great cadence. You know, Andrew Luck, amazing cadence. Peyton Manning was able to draw people off sides. I think my cadence and the amount of success that it had was something that did not really get talked about enough. And Walt was trying to hold me fucking back, okay? They made rules that, you know, you couldn't move your head forward, quarterbacks, remember? They weren't allowed to move any part of their body forward. So all of a sudden, I had refs in training camp telling me, like, hey, quarterbacks can't do it. You can't do it either. So I had, can I open my hand? What can I do? You can open your hand, but it can't move. So I literally worked on, like, barking while not moving at all. Would have got a guy to bounce, uh, jump off sides in London town, right over the center. Would have been a one-yard, two-point conversion. Perfect. Execute. Watch the film. Guy jumped off sides. Walt Anderson says to the ref that the other ref that was calling it on D-lineman, I'm calling it on one. And then just fucking marks, marks it off. Vinatieri's got to kick a, a 30-some-yard extra point with a brand-new ball because Walt Anderson only let us use the brand-new balls, not the beat-up balls. So that's why it was a bad game. 
Okay, I didn't appreciate it. I hated Walt. We had to fly out second because we lost. You just sit at this stadium basically until uh, the Jags go through their TSA. I mean, it was just like. Hey, what does that look and sound like, though, when you get a false start? I've never seen it happen on the holder. When I get one? Yeah, like when you got one. Did, false what start is, number What do you one. say? How do, what do you so do? they throw a flag. So he, oh. Walt Anderson literally turned to the thing. I want you to no, know. I want you to. Can you demonstrate what you did that made him throw the flag? Oh, oh what I did? Yeah. I just gave great cadence, dude. Just watch film. But you did, can you do it without moving your head, though? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, hand. yeah. You got to. No, I can't move my hand. I just can't move it forward. So I just got to. You got to lock in the shoulder, dude. Yeah, you can open it up and you can't bob your head at all, though. No, yeah. Hey! You see that? You see that? Do it again. Red, red, said. Hit! Hit! But that's oh, hit! Hit! And you guys went on three or something, or yet did you? We've gone on four before. Did we? I mean, we are because on film they're seeing this, right? On film they're seeing my hand open, and they're like they're hearing it. So the edge rusher has no fucking idea what we're going on. It is an actual, like, it's a real thing. We had Jamie Collins jumped over, okay? Jamie Collins jumped over our center and almost caught the snap for me. <laughs> oh, my God. So we had to get a little bit more. Because whenever you say, like, hey, I want to go on two, I want to go on three, like, the coach has to okay that because you are, you're dealing with offensive linemen that are very tired. They're about to do something that is terrible. A technique that they are about to do is called die slowly, where they just have to, as soon as the ball is snapped, they have to stand up and just fall as slow as possible as they're getting run over. So, like, asking to do it on three or on two is quite an ask. But whenever Jamie Collins just jumps right over and we go, we have to go on different cadences. And also, there's not a lot of kickers that can handle it. Like, for instance, Vinatieri can handle me barking and him just sitting there and not really, you know, giving into it. So I, I thought we had a real weapon. We didn't have a lot of people rush us that hard. I thought we did it. And Walt Anderson just tried to take me the fuck down, dude. I got a that's, couple. Go ahead. I know you have a problem with Walt, but I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, aside from your bizarre complaining that you don't get the credit you deserve for your cadence compared to what Aaron does. Thank you. Aside from that, um, the biggest thing I'm sure that did was it slowed every other team down because they know, hey, these guys have gone on forward. They will do it. Don't be that guy. Don't jump. Well, and even in the middle, too. You know, in the middle of the, those big guys are like, they are told all week, do not jump off sides. Watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball. Special teams coordinator, all he's got to do is see two games of me either going on four, two, or one and just being like, all right, watch the ball this week as opposed to potentially jumping on it. But... Jamie Collins was the reason why we had to start doing that. Huh? You, would you tell your like rush team how you know the other team does, or is that all film study either way? So, uh, so in warm ups, I tell them, "Oh, okay. like hey, it looks like it's only the edge guy, really." Yeah. So you'd watch in warm ups, you know, give him like, "Hey, you see his left hand there? Bang, boom!" But Tom McMahon's also telling him on film yeah. too, like, "Hey, here, this guy seems to have a very repetitive." Some long snappers, by the way, they readjust their fingers right before. Yep. Yeah, they, those fuckers don't even know it that on film you got a Tom McMahon who's on however many ounces of meth every day that he does. <laughs> he's zooming in on that thing. He's like, "Look, look, look, look!" His fingers going to go like this. And it's going to be a beat, and then it goes. You hear that? So let's go ahead and get it. Because it's impossible to block kicks with how fast everything is. So any of those little reads you can get, they can change a game completely. I think it was like 80% of the time or 85% of the time when you block a kick, you've won the game. I mean, that's like a pretty big deal. So, you know, I felt pretty good about my cadence, but fuck Walt Anderson. We might need Tom McMahon to study some tape on TikTok to help out his, his little boy. <laughs> let's get to a break. <laughs> let's get to a break. Mitt. So our office has zero 
zero TikTok presence. Okay, we're, we're nobody. So Mitt is going to break into the TikTok world. Now, now we did not tell Mitt to do this. No, this no, was something no. Mitt wanted to do. Actually, there is a bunch of people on TikTok that rip clips of our show and put them up there. I guess. Shout out to you guys. I mean, kind of stealing. We don't know who you are. You could be terrible people that could inevitably, you know, make us look. But shout out, do whatever the fuck you got to do. We're not over there. No, I don't, it's not for us. That is not a place where, you know, I should be over there. You know, Wagler. doing whatever the fuck it is over <laughs> with the drip. I don't. You don't have to dance, but someone could put. You could put clips up of the show there, just like you do anywhere else. Five, six people do already over there, and we we appreciate them. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with it. I hope it does great. Thank you for your hard work. Uh, but this is a disclaimer. We're not actually over there. Some intern, some guy wants to be an intern here. Uh, actually, tweeted a video of us talking shit about one of our TikTok pages about how he has more followers in it and everything. I was like, well, you're obviously not a fan of the show. We don't have a fucking TikTok page, but now we do. All right, now we do. And I don't, I'm not 100% sure if I'm okay with the name yet. He's at PMI mid yeah, on there. No way. The PMI in there, I think, should have been something that's like the stripes of a Yankee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta you earn know, your like you, He had to earn that over there on TikTok. I've seen a couple of his TikToks. He's only put out two. I think we got some room to grow. I, I did think change that uh, at. It's at Money Mid. Okay, thank okay, you. There you go. We were changing the mid talk. Well, I might change again. I don't know. Uh, is there any way we could watch these maybe in the in, oh, after the series show dance. is over? You no. change the King Doofus. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe do that <laughs> That's one. That's an idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> so it's the first time this dude's ever been on the app. We have some kid who's 22, 23 years old. The only human that is that age on earth that has never touched the TikTok app. He's hopping in there. And that's why this show is the show. We got a Canadian who hates hockey and hates Canada. Yeah. We got a 20, early 20 something has no idea what TikTok is. That's what it's supposed to be. And we just kind of move it along. Um, but go ahead and follow at Money Mitt. <laughs> <laughs> it is enjoyable. I saw his first yeah. two TikToks and I don't. Bangers. I don't love that he's potentially our representative on there, but he'll grow. Are hey, you'll grow. I know what I'm doing on the break. What's that? I said, I know what I'm doing on the break. All right, let's just run them. What's uh, the one? I don't, oh, know. I don't know if you, we can. can't. We can't. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know there's a lot of things that can penetrate your ear holes. The fact you allow us to do so every single day, we are eternally grateful for, aren't we, Ty? Yeah. Love you guys. We do love you guys. We're thankful for you guys. And by guys, we know there's girls that listen guys as well. Gals. That is just a, Yins get it. Right. Just like Yens, by the way. Exactly. Yens. Got Y'all get it. Y'all get it. We appreciate the hell out of you. We're back tomorrow with a massive Thursday. I think AJ Hawk's doing the booking, isn't he? Yeah, he said he's got a, a couple big ones for us. He said, hey, they might be out there fishing, and they might pull in those small fish. I ain't never seen a small fish in the back of an office. I've only seen those big fish, and he <laughs> said that's what he's trolling for right now to book for yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, big bonita fish coming tomorrow. Hey, big shout out to AJ Hawk for that. Can't wait to listen uh, to what he has in store for us tomorrow. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. Be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe, rate, review, all that shit. Let's continue to keep this thing moving. And hashtag end of pod squad. Ty will continue to keep picking winners. I think we've given away over 15, 20,000 bucks. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Cheers. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday before a massive Thursday.